0: The following podcast is brought to you by CDKoffers.com. Use offer code DIESHRING for 3% off everything on the website and Broken Silicon for 25% off all Windows codes. All right, on with the show. Welcome to Broken Silicon, a gaming hardware podcast. I am your host, Tom, and I really need to let my guest introduce himself on this one. All right, guys, how's it going?
1: (laughs) It's uh, Adored. Yeah, Jim, obviously, from Adored TV and now Freethinker. And uh, I was invited onto the show. And, well, to be honest with you, Tom's been asked me quite a bit. Uh, to come I only on asked
0: and. you twice before now. And that was, let's be clear. <laughs> Just
1: I, twice. Are you sure about that?
0: <laughs> I, I asked in like 2019 and you said no.
1: And I feel like I respected your distance. Come on. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, to be fair. I mean, I've been asked a few times by other people. This will be the first time I've ever done this kind of thing live, apart from my own podcast, obviously on Adore TV. But yeah, should be interesting to see where it goes. So, and yeah, and I just did, I think already it was
0: one or two weeks ago, the Adore TV podcast with the crew you have there. Yeah. I enjoyed that quite a bit. You have a new channel now, uh, Freethinker, which I believe you're here to plug. You already mentioned it. I think we'll get into that conversation a little more in depth later. But yep. first, I just want to ask you, I mean... I mean, I can tell from your accent you know, <laughs> that you're <laughs> probably from Scotland, but like probably from Scotland. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, how are go going as, you know, I know you like some level of anonymity go into it as depth as you want or, you know, whatever. Uh, wh- where are you from and what, what's your, if you're comfortable talking about it roughly, what's your education? Like, what did you do before you got into YouTube? And I'm really curious about as much as you'll tell us.
1: Yeah, sure. Bill, I was born on Ayrshire on the west coast of Scotland. That's probably why some people confuse my accent with Irish as well, because obviously Ireland's just over, Mm -hmm. you know, just over the the Irish Sea. Uh, So there might be a little bit of Irish in there as well. Or, yeah, that could be why people think that. Uh, So I lived there basically all my life, and I would say it wasn't a great experience. I mean, compared to what I'm living now Mm -hmm. in, in Sweden, since I moved over here five years ago, the difference in culture and stuff, it's just unbelievable. You know, the difference in wealth, mm-hmm. I can really feel it. Uh, Scotland is pretty poor and it shouldn't be. Uh, but that's one of the reasons why I left. Regarding my education, I've got a Bachelor of Science in Computing. Mm-hmm. And every time I say this, people say, yeah, but what, what, what kind of computing? What, what do you mean? Did you do something you don't, don't just say computing. You look at me as if, you know, I think they're stupid. That's what <laughs> I just said. Computing? Yeah. yeah. But that is actually what my Bachelor of Science was in, computing. This was 25 years ago, though. Uh, most of it was programming. It was a bit of computer architecture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was already a programmer before I actually started this. So it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult. And 10 years ago, I got a diploma in natural science from the Open University. Mm. Uh, that was absolutely fascinating. It really was. It opened my eyes to so many things that I just wasn't really sure about. But after, I'd, after I sat this diploma, I was so sure about, you know, so many things in the natural world that I wasn't sure about before. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why some people just don't get certain concepts like, you know, evolution and climate change, mm. because they just don't have the, they just didn't get the education on it. Yeah. You know? Well, what what made you do
0: that though, too? Because that's interesting. So you went into programming. I assume. I assume. Correct me if I'm wrong. You always liked computers. You always did some yep. programming in your spare time, and that's what made you choose that. What made you eventually choose exactly. to um, get the other degree then?
1: Massive interest in astronomy from a very young age mm-hmm. as well. Just a massive interest in science. Period. Yeah, I just yeah. I could. I would go into like Wikipedia and I would read an article, and then like. Five hours later, I'm reading something completely different, but absolutely fascinated by it. Uh, it's just knowledge. I just want the knowledge of as much as I can get. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's basically yeah. That's why I sat it because I wanted even deeper knowledge of like, these kind of topics. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I I can
0: understand where you're coming from a bit there because I went into mechanical engineering. I'd always been tinkering with little machines, building things. I mean, you know, disassembling everything in my parents' house. Sometimes I put it back together correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's what I started as. But in college, all of my non-core classes were history, anthropology. That I mean, probably a lot of similar type of stuff to what you to yeah. some of your classes. And so I, I yeah. also got a, um, a degree in international studies just because I realized. Every single elective I've taken applies to this (laughs) degree. Like if I just take a summer, if I just take an extra summer, I can get another one. And I think that surprises some people too, because, I mean, well, at least speaking for myself, I don't have any... I had to do some programming, of course, right, for mechanical engineering and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I actually am, you know, mostly probably equipped to talk about physical machinery and you know history and really more politics, like a lot of international politics classes as well. Yeah. So I really did enjoy checking out your Freethinker channel, in other words, I guess is what I'm saying too.
1: Yeah. I mean, history is something that I am also incredibly interested in as well. Uh, I don't know how you can't be, right? Yeah, exactly. How can you not be interested in history? You know, you've got to be. Uh, it's just another fascinating topic. Uh, the thing is, I mean, most people watching a door TV would assume, mm-hmm. and there'd been people with like within AMD that I've spoken to, assume that I was some kind of silicon type guy or working with hardware. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a programmer. That is what my trade was. You know, I worked as a programmer afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I learned, uh, I don't know, four or five languages. And the one that I worked on was called C4GL. Mm-hmm. 4GL stands for fourth generation language. Very, very obscure. But after like, I did my degree, I went to work with a company called Forward Air. It's actually an American company. Mm-hmm. I think they're defunct now, though, or they, they maybe get bought out by some other company. Uh, but I worked there as a network programmer. And basically, like, this is pre-internet, really. Mm. Yeah. And started, you know, now not maybe pre-internet, but it was the Unix operating system. Pre-ubiquitous yeah. internet. Yeah, it was, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I worked as, uh, as a programmer for a very long time. And then things went kind of upside down as my mother became uh, seriously ill. Mm-hmm. She had like a series of strokes oh. that's in 1990, 1999. Uh, it left her pretty much disabled badly enough that she was you know a danger to herself. She would just forget about mm. putting stuff like the oven on, yeah, and just completely forget all about that. Uh, So I had to care for her. And we honestly, in 1999, we didn't think she would last for very long. Mm -hmm. But she lived for another 10 years. Those types (laughs) of things can go, well, you've got about a month or 20 years. We'll see. Yeah, Yeah, basically. So during that time, though, this is when I became Mm self-employed because obviously I had to do something to support myself. And with flexible
0: hours and an ability to work from home
1: sometimes. yeah. Exactly. I could... I was just buying in PC parts, and then I was like building PCs, selling stuff on eBay, stuff like that. And uh, I was doing a bit of programming on the side as well. But yeah, that went on for about 10 years. And then I basically decided, after my mother died, mm-hmm. time to do something new now. That's when I took the science course at the Open University. But after that, the thing, about the, the thing about this science is I hated the technical writing. Yeah. Oh, I hate it, Which too. That's why I didn't take the degree. I would
0: actually yeah. argue with my professors in college, like, you know, write this way, short, simple sentences, only say exactly. Yeah. And I get half of it, but the other half, I'm like, can you, can, because actually, like, on the ACT, and I actually got higher scores than, I mean, I got, I wouldn't get into, you know, college as an engineer unless I got yeah. good scores in math, but I actually got the highest yeah. scores in reading and writing, and I always found the technical writing I felt, could always have been written more in a more interesting way without making it incorrect, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's exactly what I would have said as well. And I think that this leads to a lot of misunderstanding about science. Mm -hmm. And like you read stuff on Twitter, obviously, where people have just completely, I mean, this thing goes on a level. Yeah, you've got the technical writing at the top, the actual study. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like, other you've got newspapers like new Scientist and all that like scientific american who are a kind of intermediary and then you've got like the daily mail in the uk which is writing a whole load of crap based <laughs> on this yeah so that's the, that's the way it kind of tears out uh but i think the original the original writing could be done better and yeah i agree so people would
0: go that. to the original source more often you're saying yeah
1: basically but it is very very esoteric i mean You've got to be an expert in order to really read this, or extremely intelligent mm-hmm. to read a lot of these things. And that's why I think there's an awful lot of misunderstanding. I mean, I get that some uh, studies need to be that way. Yes. But, yeah, like you. I don't think they all do. <laughs> but that sort of level of writing, it's just a little bit too highbrow, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it, does, it causes confusion. So that's why I didn't sit the degree for the natural science, I just stopped at the diploma. Okay, I just didn't want to go further. Yeah.
0: So, then, so then, what made you get into YouTube? And I, I, because it's interesting the way we we're talking right now. There's a bunch of other subjects I could imagine you'd do a YouTube channel about, like what we're seeing with Freethinker, But yeah. what, and I, I, I'm starting to suspect the types of things that would have made you do this. What made you decide to start making a channel that? effectively covers AMD Intel NVIDIA for the most part. Just was something that made you mad where you're like, someone has to say something, or
1: yeah, actually I spent an awful lot of time on forums at one point, like Anantex forums and stuff. Yeah. And there's a massive amount of shilling going on. <laughs> and you know, the fanboys are just insane. And look, I mean, I it's not difficult to pick a side when you're in that kind of environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh what ha- something stood out for me though was at the time where AMD launched the 5850 or 5870. And they they had finally taken the lead here because NVIDIA were laboring with Fermi. Without a doubt, taking the lead. And
0: the lead in everything, a smaller die, higher performance, hilariously better efficiency.
1: Exactly. Uh, And I was having this discussion with some guy on, I'm not even sure what forum it was now, Mm -hmm. but his whole argument was NVIDIA, always win they're always they're yeah. always the fastest right and i'm like oh but am i the fastest <laughs> I right know, now yeah. and i started showing him I, I, like i started showing him links to like the actual charts but he point blank refused to believe that nvidia were losing mm-hmm. he just wouldn't it didn't matter yeah i could link anything i wanted and i started to think i mean is this just this guy or are there other people who just refuse like the actual facts in front of them
0: i think most people actually don't but then again the people that i talk to in person that don't deny it i think you talk to them in person they're much more willing to listen to you i think online i I don't know i i think there's a lot of them but i i'm always i like you're saying i'm always wondering how many of them really are like that and how many of them are just a vocal minority (laughs)
1: Exactly. I mean, I feel like that on Twitter today as well. Some of the lunacy that I am reading on Twitter since I started doing free, it is unbelievable. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I just. I mean, is it just a very, very vocal minority, or is this like, is this the average human being? Uh, (laughs) I don't think
0: it is the average human being, right? I think you know, and I I could be wrong, but. I think I remember reading or or something like a year or two ago, like the percentage of accounts on Twitter versus other versus numbers of people. And it's like, most people are not on Twitter every day. Actually, there's just a certain class, a lot of upper, frankly, let's be honest, a lot of upper middle class people in the West are on Twitter. And even that most of the people that have a Twitter account aren't using it a lot. But the people that are, a lot of them tend to I mean, just do a bunch of nonsense, and I don't. I just think that type. And there's a part of me that wonders how much of it is Twitter's fault and how much of it is just a natural conclusion where a platform like that's going to attract that type of person. Because I think a lot of people yeah. argue Twitter's making people act this way. Is it yeah. or is it just attracting these people and that's who's talking
1: on yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, that is an interesting question. It is one that I've thought about as well. You know, is it is it the platform? Mm-hmm. Is it you know was it because you've had so so few words to start with? I mean, they did increase the word limit as well. But yeah, I mean, some of the stuff I see on that, it does make me dismay just a little bit, Yeah, you know? I mean, like stuff like anti-vaxxers and all that. I just, oh my God, please. Some of this stuff I see every day, it's just, yeah. you would lose your, I mean, you lose your faith in humanity reading some of this stuff. You know? I mean, yeah, I've, I've had to deal with a
0: bunch of Twitter nonsense just from the tech side of it in the past couple of weeks. Just the amount of yeah. mudslinging. Right. Yeah. And attacks just outright lies about me. Just like Mm -hmm. when there's clearly some ulterior motive for the reason they're attacking me. And it's just like, I I don't know. At a certain point, I think you just need to shrug it off. Because at the end of the day, I look at my, you know, Moore's Law is Dead platform and it's like, but we're still growing every week. So most people aren't paying attention to that, even if,
1: I don't know, I guess I just have to ignore it. (laughs) I mean, if you're able to ignore it, then that is definitely a skill that I wish I had because it is. But then again, another thing that um, one of the reasons I'm able to do this, what I do though, and what I did when I do TV is because I absolutely hate losing. I hate it. (laughs) I want to win every single argument that I get Mm -hmm. into. And it makes me research things even more deeply. Mm I don't lose an awful lot, but I do. I do lose every so often. Of course. No one's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I really do. I hate it. And, you know, I I say to myself, you're not going to make that mistake the next time again. People often say to me, like, I've got guys on Patreon and guys on, like, uh, leaving comments to me who say, Jim, just just try to ignore them. Yeah, try to ignore
0: them. Yeah, I know. But But that's why you made a channel. That's why I made a channel is because I couldn't ignore the nonsense any further. That's why I made exactly. the channel. And so it, yeah. and when you say it's a skill, not just dealing with the Twitter crazy people, like everything yeah. else, it really is, It truly though, it is truly a skill that you need to get better at. I mean, and not just yeah. you, me, anyone who does this at understanding when to take criticism, when to fight, and when to just ignore it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think the best skill to develop is just turning off notifications, to be honest. <laughs>
1: But like I said, I mean, I do actually use this as a research tool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying not to plug Freethinker because it feels a little bit kind of weird, but obviously, when I did that video on the PCR testing mm-hmm. thing, I knew nothing about PCR testing two weeks previous to that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know anything about it. But then I started wanting to win Twitter arguments. <laughs> this is why I went ahead and did that. Yeah, I mean, I researched this really, really deeply and went into like genetics and stuff and this is something that mm-hmm. took me 10 days to research. I wouldn't say I'm an expert no. on PCR testing now, but I made a video which people can watch and they should be able to grasp mm-hmm. this now, like really quite, you know, as simply as I could possibly make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, yeah, it come down because I wanted I wanted to win the argument. But I mean, if, if winning an argument means that you get smarter, you get more knowledge, and mm-hmm. that's worth it as well, yeah? So that's really... I mean, these are all the reasons for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? YouTube's making me smarter. Yeah, it is actually making me smarter. It's probably making me more stupid as well, reading some of the comments. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's definitely been worth it to me. Uh, I didn't imagine that I would have ever, ever ended up being a YouTuber. I was going to
0: say, I mean, I've got a note here. Like, does it feel weird when people, because like, that's what you would call yourself, right? If someone asks you at a bar or something, what do you do? I mean, like, I remember yeah. in late 2019, I started to just go, well, I guess I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> like, yeah. and it feels so weird to say. Also, usually if, some, <laughs> usually if you say you're a YouTuber, they look at you where they're deciding if you're
1: homeless or not. <laughs> I found yeah. that too. I, I was just going to say, the first thing that they say is, yeah. how do you make money on that? Mm. How do you make money doing YouTube? Yeah. I think that's a part of them that are interested, though, because a lot of people would love to make money on YouTube. Let's be honest. I think a lot of people I mean, think they would. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's a more accurate description of it.
0: Uh, well, and and and, and, that, and it, does it ever? Did you ever have someone say, like, maybe you tell someone, "Oh, I'm doing it full time now," and then someone will say, "Oh, congratulations!" as if you won the lottery. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that too, and I'm like, well, I mean, actually, I put out, you know two-hour podcasts every week, exclusive podcasts every week, and a video every week. I don't think I stumbled into, you know, like just, I'm just being honest, you know. It's like, it's like no one ever knows how to uh, approach it because they'll say to you, they either, because when you say you're a YouTuber, they think, well, either he's rich or he's homeless when it's neither. And they think (laughs) if you did well, it was all luck, which I mean, yeah, I mean, like no matter what, I certainly don't agree with every, everything you've said in every video you've done. I mean, I'd be, yeah. frankly, it'd be weird if I agreed with anyone on everything. But, yeah. you know, it's not... I would like to say that even though I disagree with you on a decent amount of things, that I think you became successful because you did a good job. It wasn't luck,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah, I would hope that I was doing something that people were interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a pretty niche subject, yeah? Uh, let's be honest. We are, we are, we are pretty niche, mm-hmm. yeah? We're not guys like uh, Linus or Jay, who's, you know millions of subscribers We're never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that I was able to learn stuff mm-hmm. as, as I was doing it. You know, I had the skills already yeah, which is why I got into mm-hmm. YouTube in the first place. Like, if you know how, if you know a lot about computers, you know how to record gameplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember, I started off as a let's play. I noticed
0: that, wasn't it? Yeah. Dangerous Elite or something?
1: Elite Dangerous, yeah. Elite
0: Dangerous, sorry, I don't play it.
1: <laughs> and you know, the, the funny thing was, this is what I learned very quickly because of that video that people want two things out of YouTube mm-hmm. either to be entertained yeah. or to be educated. I was educating people with that those mm-hmm. like elite dangerous videos because I was showing them it was tutorials. Yeah, this is how to do this. It's a very difficult game to get into, but I showed people how to get into it. Uh, and you know that video hit like 150 thousand views, and I'm thinking to myself, "Holy crap, I've made it here!" Yeah, yeah. But then things started to die down a bit. Mm-hmm. I was stuck at five thousand subscribers for about half a year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's when I decided. I always knew I had all this tech stuff behind me. Mm-hmm. Yeah like all the history and stuff. I don't know if it's because of memory or because of all the discussions that I would had on all those forums or what, but I knew I had, like I did that GameWorks video, Mm. NVIDIA GameWorks one, and overnight gained something like 35,000 subscribers Mm -hmm. in one day. Yeah. And obviously the Intel one, you know, the Intel anti-competitive. Yeah. That was another one which gained me about 30,000 subscribers almost overnight. Uh, But that's how it went for me. One or two huge videos and the rest, I tended to hold on to people, like, like uh, my subscribers. It mm-hmm. didn't really, I never got above 100,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I topped out at 98k. Yeah, um, I've actually seen a
0: decent amount of people in other sections of YouTube as well say so we're almost to 100 and they just stay at 98 for some reason. I don't know if it's a mental yeah. barrier to people subscribing or what
1: it is. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that bothered about it, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest with you. It would have been nice to hit the 100k, but the fact is, with 98,000 subscribers and I'm still getting like 60,000 views per, mm-hmm. per video, is that's what really makes it important. But the reality of this YouTube business for me was, I mean, I started this and I had no concept of Patreon. I didn't, I didn't even know it existed when mm-hmm. I started out. I'm not even sure when Patreon did it come into
0: existence. I mean, I think it was it started getting decently big about when you were doing it, I think.
1: Yeah. It was some, some viewer told me you should try and set up a Patreon mm-hmm. page and see how that goes. And uh, you know, without it, I would simply not have been able to do it for as long as what I did. Mm-hmm. Because you know yourself, YouTube is better for people who are creating content every day and getting yeah. lots and lots of hits every day. A hundred thousand views on a video? I mean, that's like 200 bucks maximum. Yeah, if you're doing that. You know, I will say it depends on the month because sometimes
0: it's like 50 bucks and sometimes it can be like a <laughs> thousand yeah. and I'm like, why would I make so much yeah. off of this video? <laughs> yeah. it's Let's say it's not a reliable income unless you're yeah. absolutely massive.
1: Yeah. And if you're releasing a video every day, mm-hmm. I mean, that, you can, that's how you make a lot of money doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there's what is the chances of me doing a video like that, until video every day, or the like the Beyond Turing one, the ray tracing one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got paid for that video, <laughs> but it still probably wasn't worth the vast amount of research and time that I put no. into it. No, yeah? um, I don't think any video I've done,
0: even if you, even ones maybe that had a paid for ad in the middle of it or something, were ever remotely yeah. worth just the money <laughs> of like some of those bigger videos that. Would take weeks to research. No, no way. Yeah,
1: I mean, I reckon that beyond Turing video, which has got over four hundred thousand views and is my probably my best video, definitely my most watched video. Uh, in ad revenue, I don't even think it's broken a thousand dollars. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, this is something that <laughs> I worked on for half a year with. You know the company Otoy. Um, I worked, That's how long that this went on for. Because mm-hmm. I knew nothing about ray tracing before I started this video. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there were meeting after meeting and research. And you know, I do think it's a great video. I, I don't want to, you know, you know what I mean. But I think it's, you know, it shows how good that video is and how, mm-hmm. how it's like uh, my, my most viewed video. But financially, even with their pay, even what, what I was paid on top. <laughs> it doesn't come close to the amount of work that I put into it. Um. But yeah, so it's definitely not for the money. I mean, I've
0: had this reader, ma- the first reader mail question here. I'm from Morsla's dead dead uh, supporters. And I-, I think I know the answer to it by now. Casper asks, hi, Tom and Jim, being a YouTuber is hard as both of you have let on. What makes it worth it then? What do you take the greatest enjoyment in your work? I'm truly grateful for the entertainment knowledge you both have given me. Um, well, I would say thank you and, I'm guessing, Jim, you, it's the learning, right? You just love the, the research part of it.
1: It is the learning. Yeah. There's another thing about it, though. If I'm like, I can be lying in bed mm-hmm. or having a shower and I just get a eureka moment. Yes. I'm thinking about the next video, right? I'm thinking yep. about the next video all the time. This is what my life is basically like. The next video, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then I'm constantly thinking about it. Something comes into my head, I think. Well, this is really going to make this video.
0: And you got to rush to the computer and write it
1: down right away. (laughs) Yeah, write it it down before you forget. Yeah, before you forget, because there's so many times I've done that. And Yeah. uh, Actually forgotten about what what it was, and I knew it was a really good idea. But when you get that, it makes a video just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a new piece of information or just a little bit of insight. Or realizing there's a better
0: point to be made than what you were going
1: to make. Right something even deeper mm-hmm. yeah if it, go- it goes even further yeah um you don't get that every video but i always try to do that mm-hmm. the latest one that i did on freethinker yeah uh, the conspiracy one mm-hmm. was that turned out completely different from what my my first draft script was mm-hmm. yeah? Well, uh, you've seen it well it's, i mean it's I th- a conspiracy theory video with a twist yeah yeah i
0: think that i think um, a skill you learn if you are involved in making any piece of content from start to finish I think I was talking to, oh, David does tech stuff a few months ago about this. And there's this quote we brought up um, from Jason Bateman, who's a director, writer, actor. And he says, there's the movie you write, the movie you shoot, and the movie you edit. You can't make the movie you edit the one you initially thought of. Because I think whatever you write, write it the best you can. Whatever you shoot, shoot it the best you can. But then the final edit I think half the time you find while well, editing, oh, this is really about something else much deeper. Yeah. And then you just tweak and maybe even throw out, you know, a lot of the work you did because you realize the video is much better if it's about something else.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I mean, reading the comments on that last one that I did, it has been really fun because people legitimately think I thought that I had gone crazy, yeah? Mm-hmm. Watching, watching this video. They're like, Jim, I thought we'd lost you like forever. Like we thought you had gone completely into the... You put it, little hints thing. in there. I, I yeah. will
0: say, I was, you know... Well, you can see me and then people who watch Moore's Laws did know the general setup of my studio room. Like, I've got like a living room area behind me and I was watching yeah. your video on that while writing another script for something I'm working on. And I was starting to turn around from my desk <laughs> more and more often and go, I really hope that <laughs> he's going to turn this around because I think he is because he keeps putting in hints... Hint after hint after hit, and and the part yeah. that really makes it obvious is when you go, wow, this guy's got a really good point, and look at that, he's got a book. I should buy it from him to show support. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, okay, so there's his point right there. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm glad you noticed that one. Uh, one, there was one or two little hints that he left in there. Uh, hopefully that people, you know, hoping that people would get it, but you know, certain people have got different levels of you know understanding, and yeah, some people needed to go to the the end of the video to fully get it or at least past halfway. Yeah. I knew it would be like that. It's a pretty risky thing to do, especially with a new channel. Yeah, I was it's thinking that while I was watching that is this is a bit
0: risky. I've done videos before where I have a different point than is abundantly obvious in the beginning. And man, a yeah. lot of people just watch the first 30 seconds and then comment and leave. And it is it's a risk for sure. But I think I think you keep people hooked enough that it seemed to, based on what I read in the comments, work far better than I was a little worried it would when I was halfway through yeah. it. Because, of course, I got to the part. And again, I really recommend it. I think it's called The COVID Conspiracy is Real. Um, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend that video for everyone listening. Extreme clickbait title. was real. That's what worried me as well, as I saw the <laughs> yeah. clickbait title. The thumbnail, I had a feeling... <laughs> See, when I saw the thumbnail, Are You a Slave to Conspiracy? I was like, well, this is going to be about conspiratorial thinking. But then the title yeah. of the video, I was like, um,
1: hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a very fun video to do. And it, it really felt like, uh, I felt like I was back to the old me. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I had lost that when I do TV for probably about a year or, or longer, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, so when you lose that
0: motivation, I actually wrote down a note, though. Like it's a bit. It's supposed to be later in the script, but we're already talking about it, so let's just do it now. Yeah. Um, like, what made you transition to free thinker? And if you won't mind, I'd like to guess. Is it that you felt like you weren't learning anymore? Is that what you think made you lose it? Because I have to be honest. Sometimes now, I feel like some of the baseless attacks online bother me a bit more right now. But I'm starting to ask myself, is it because of how personal some of the people are that are attacking me? Or is it just because I don't feel like I'm learning as much and so I shrug it off less? Because in 2019, I didn't care about anyone attacking me at all, right? And I would even argue I was wrong (laughs) a lot more often when I started. (laughs) Like for sure I was wrong and made more mistakes. So some of the attacks should have hit home harder and yet I was easier to shrug them off. And I almost wonder if it just becomes you feel like you're not growing as much or I don't know. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, boredom was for sure a major factor in this. And here's the thing, you know, the the type of mind that I've got, every single video I am questioning, is this what people really want? Mm. Another AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA video? Is that what people really want? The answer is probably yes, yes, unfortunately. (laughs) Probably is yes. (laughs) I found. But every single time I ask myself the same question. I'm uploading yet another Intel AMD NVIDIA video. Mm -hmm. Is this what people want? And then I was no longer getting that Eureka thing that I just talked about. Oh, okay. So there was no pleasure in it any longer. It was only pressure. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Only pressure. And I started feeling like, I'm just going through the motions here. And then people started commenting, you know, Jim, your heart's not quite in it anymore. Or... You know, it's it's just lacking the punch, maybe. And they were right because it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's that simple. And you know, people send me emails, they send me comments, private messages saying, Jim, you know, please come back. This is the best time. Look at look at the tech. This is, you know, please come back. And I feel so bad, but without that interest for myself, mm. yeah. It, it will never be the way it, w- it would never be the way it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like back in those days when I was doing like the AMD master plan video, stuff like that. I mean, I was really hungry back then. Yeah. I really wanted it. Yeah. It it meant something. Uh, but over time for a bunch of reasons, I mean, AMD included, uh, it just kind of, it just wasn't the same, just slowly, slowly, slowly eroded away. And, uh, Without that motivation, I just couldn't do it any longer. The videos got further and further apart, and like I said, those eureka moments were just a little bit less. I don't know if it's because Mm -hmm. I stopped caring as much or something else, but
0: yeah. You know, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know the eureka moments started going away. I mean, I for me, uh, just you know, speaking personally, um, they haven't. And if those were gone. Yeah, I, I, I've. It's funny actually. When I first started my YouTube channel in in 2019, it, I thought I think it really got going in the summer of 2019. I had this thing of yeah. like, I just, I mean, I, it was, I was new to it. So of course I had so many ideas for videos and I thought I have to make sure I have something every other day. So I would like do videos after videos that were, I think <laughs> hilariously worse quality than what I do now. Like <laughs> absurdly. Worse. Like there's people who go, why'd you delete some of your old videos? And I'm like, cause they're bad. Like it has nothing to do with me yeah. being right or wrong. I have plenty of videos still up yeah. where I, I was wrong about things. I'm deleting them if I yeah. think they
1: weren't good. And I, I would just like bank. Uh, Can I say something? Just can I interrupt you there? Because I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get shit for videos that I did five years ago still. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, and yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. Or I I was naive or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People still remind me of those videos. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, what the? Why does this matter to you?
0: I mean, that's (laughs) the real question. Why do you care so much? This is five years ago. and. Well, and does it ever bother you that what they, right? Because I get things wrong and I've found, especially around the console launch, there are definitely things you could be critical of me for saying that I got wrong. Yeah. But they often can't even get that right. So they'll say you were wrong about (laughs) this part of this launch. And I'm like, I was definitely off on the few things. But then the thing they actually bring up isn't something I said. (laughs) Like, and you're like, so I, it's like, I'm not saying I didn't get some things wrong about like, I don't, I don't know things about the PS5's design, but like what you're telling me, I said, I didn't actually say that though. So I'm not going to admit I said something I didn't say. I was wrong about this, not that. And then you just go, yeah, but so they don't, (laughs) I mean, Jim, I think honestly, most of the time they, they're just trying to attack you. It's, it's like, that's why they're bringing it up, you know, and they have some weird text
1: document where they've saved these clips. That is known. I mean, it's been studied scientifically that you know, the more popular somebody is, the more often they are correct, the more hate they are going to get, and the more desperate people are going to they- want to see them being wrong. Yeah?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They love to see people who, are being bu- who have been built up being you know, stripped down. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what they tried to do to me. Or you could say that they even succeeded. Like the whole Zen 2 thing, which went mental. I mean, up until that point, I was basically 100% correct. I would have said, apart from maybe some of the early Polaris stuff, which mm. I still get reminded about five years later. But I mean, some of the leaps I had were absolutely incredible, fantastic. Um, I mean, you talked about get-
0: chiplets months yeah. before yeah. anyone else. And like, yeah. I, I think so often people like look at it in hindsight and go, well, yeah, sure, he got that right. And it's like, not every chip was designed that way before then. That's
1: really going out on a
0: limb when you make yeah. that claim. Yeah.
1: I mean, I noticed that one of, the, uh, one of the questions that you have down there was about the whole chiplets thing. And there's even a mention of SMT4. Now, I remember you getting a hard time because you said that Zen 3 would have SMT4. Yeah. I got a hard time for that for sure. Yeah, not as much thing, of a hard
0: time as you'd think, by the way. I think I'd get more hate for that, but it's actually other... Jim, most of the hate I get is from console fanboys. That may not surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> not really
1: surprised. I though. mean, if there was one thing uh, to definitely it. attack me for, it would be that. But yeah, go on. Uh, well, in actual fact, the same person who told me, gave me all this chiplets information mm-hmm. must have been... This is before even Zen 1 launched. Okay. I, I had a roadmap all the way to Zen 3. Mm -hmm. And Zen 3 said SMT 4. Yes, it did. I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I
1: mean, yeah, this is a roadmap. I can't name the company roadmap, obviously. Of course, yeah. you know, I'm not going to do that. But, (laughs) I mean, that's what it said. Zen 3, SMT 4, and everything else is correct, like PCIe 5 or or something. That's coming next, isn't it? Yeah. Zen 4. Yeah. In fact, then, the roadmap probably went as far as Zen 4 Mm -hmm. as well. It even mentioned... um, What's the name of that interconnect? I can't remember now. Infinity Fabric? uh, No, the other one. There's a new one coming. um, Gen Z, I think it's called. Okay. Gen Z, um, which should be coming in Zen 4, according to that roadmap and other stuff I've heard about. Mm -hmm. So this was a very far-reaching roadmap, yeah? And yes, SMT4 was on it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they ditched it, though. But there is absolutely no... Doubt about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the same person who told me about chocolates. Yeah. So this was real. This was real for AMD at some point, but they've gone and changed their mind or done something to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People don't really understand that. Yeah. They just think that you're making this shit up. You're not. Yeah.
0: No. I have never get. made anything up, uh, and <laughs> I mean, and a lot of the stuff, for example, in my Ampere leaks, which I'd say. Half of it, I mean, it depends who you ask. And it depends on the leaked video, right? Some of the videos were like almost 100% correct. But like some of the early stuff didn't pan out. Like I, you know, saw benchmarks where Ampere was like four times better at ray tracing than Turing. And to be fair, I think there's a couple of games where it's above most games, but the average wasn't that at all. You know, and I know there was other things they were testing as well in the design that just didn't make it into the final design that other people mistakenly doubled down on as well. But most of the time people aren't, I I, I think you'd be an absolute lunatic to be making this stuff up all the time, especially if you look at the
1: track record, right? You would be wrong all the time if you were making it up. Yeah, you would literally be wrong every single time if you were making this stuff up. Yeah. Well because you can't just make this stuff up. Yeah.
0: And it's like also I like just speaking for myself, right? I've been talking about the code names, the IPC, the core counts. I think my Intel sources are actually very, very good. Um, about yeah. like Rocket Lake, Alder Lake, all of these products I've been talking about, everything in them since late 2019, and it's all been correct. But then yeah. you know, and then and then I got the exact performance you know, of RDNA 2 correct and configurations and all of this. And it's like, well, this one thing didn't happen, so you made that up. It's like, well, I got all of this other stuff correct. So obviously, I'm not making this up. Why would I throw in something made up with all of this other correct stuff?
1: Exactly,
0: yeah. I mean, why would you do that? I mean, it all comes down to the source. Mm-hmm. Is the source good or bad, yeah? And you'll learn some are bad that, were seemingly good. I mean, I think after a few years, though, I I don't want to speak for you. I'll speak for myself. Like, after a few years, you just have a few good sources because there's no point in even talking to new people because it's not worth the risk.
1: Exactly. Uh, I mean, and it kind of got that way for me as well. Uh, I've got maybe seven or eight sources that I would trust with every piece of information Mm -hmm. that they gave me. But the funny thing is, they're not always correct either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they get it just a little bit wrong whether it's lost in translation even or you know maybe they just didn't quite pick something up correct like I was told the person who confirmed chiplets to me mm-hmm. uh, not the, not my original source but I actually had two sources confirm this uh, the source who confirmed chiplets to me uh, has been absolutely fantastic and lots of stuff mm-hmm. told me about Ponte Vecchio mm. yeah? gave me a bunch of Milan. I mean the recent Milan stuff the 96 cores and like that uh, 12 channel memory. Mm-hmm. I had that a year and a half ago from this same person. Mm-hmm. I have, I've got a video on that a year and a half ago.
0: I know. And now, now they're acting a... like it's news from other, some person who tweets it out now. Yeah, it, of course. I've just made my peace with that. Like, you know, for example, yeah. video cards will just never give me credit for anything for some reason. <laughs> like, that's a website that just picks favorites. I, it doesn't matter if I've confirmed Zenforce IPC a year ago, they're just not going to yeah. give me credit for some reason.
1: It's kind of weird how, uh, I mean, <sighs> Regarding this whole relationship thing, most of them get on well with me. Uh, the classic websites like the old Tech press. Mm-hmm. maybe they just don't get on with me particularly well. The newer guys, I tend to I tend to find, I get a lot of respect from them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's yeah, been I, a
0: mixed I, I, bag for me recently. I, I don't know. You know,
1: it's depressing. I think it's because, I mean, if, we, if we're getting information, yeah, we're very, very protective of that information. But we do try to, I mean, Mm-hmm. we're always private messaging people yeah, back and forth, trying to get a little bit of confirmation. I mean, viewers don't understand. I don't do that, that
0: anymore. I stopped doing that late last year yeah. because the problem is, like, I will talk to someone about a subject and then yeah. we'll, we won't talk for months and then I will keep digging and then maybe, look, my assumption is I broke some story that some other person I talked to a few months ago wished they would have broke and then they just attack me and say I stole things even if it doesn't, even it's not true.
1: Well, let me tell you something. Um, I'm obviously not going to na- name names, yeah. Sure. But I am in contact with lots and lots of guys in the tech world, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, whether that's usually through Twitter, private messages mm-hmm. mostly, yeah. Uh, and ever since COVID, I think most of us have been melting down, yeah. I think, yeah. Most of us are having a really tough time, Uh, which is weird because we're all kind of like working from home anyway. Yeah, but it is different,
0: though. We aren't able to go to the pub anymore. We're not able to see go on trips with friends as much anymore. And I agree. I I think that there's a lot of people are in a bad mood and they're looking for boogeymen.
1: Yeah. And uh, I mean like I said I'm not going to name names but even even some people that I, I haven't been like chatting with in private message it's clear just looking at the tweets that they're having a really really tough time and I'm talking some big big youtubers yeah yeah who look like they're ready to just break um, uh, there's like a couple YouTubers, i can I mean. think of
0: yeah people i haven't yeah. mentioned yet that i i I'm, I'm talking about giant ones i know what you mean
1: yeah yeah i mean so this Some is, people just look tired. If you, if you want to conclude that, you know, if you want to conclude this part of the subject, then I think we just need to maybe give each other a little bit more room and a little bit more respect, and uh, let's just hope that you know these things can be fixed, and it's not like it's not going to cause a long-term damage to like the relationship, because that that achieves nothing. Yeah? it's not going to help. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more, you know, like
0: I, I, all I would say to conclude this is I've never, I've never, right. I can't, ima- I've never, and there's nothing I can say besides this. Be, like, I know like you don't have to believe me some people, but like, I've never tried to take anyone's information. If I don't talk about something, it's because I didn't know about it. And like, I, I just, I would think that I would hope that's obvious in the fact of how many videos I've done that are clearly just all my own stuff, like why would I yeah. just randomly take something from someone? Take something It else. doesn't make, it's the same thing as you making up chiplets. It doesn't make sense. It just does not yeah. make sense. Um, and I would just say that the unfortunate thing is though when someone just decides to hate you and blocks you, there is no open communication. And yeah, I mean, uh, I, try, I all I'm going to say is I'm not ever going to f- respond to people by attacking them back. All I can say is I'm sad I'm attacked. It sucks. And people are always willing to reach out to me <laughs> and try to amend things because, I don't know, there's a lot of people that I used to consider friends that I feel are just in a, I don't know. I, I don't want to like, you know, be an armchair or whatever, but that it's like, I don't know. I'm not the boogeyman, if that makes Perhaps
1: sense. Perhaps one of the problems here is we do actually share sources as well. Yeah, I mean, yes. I know
0: you, you've got one of my sources. Um, I I know I, I know of at least one that I do yeah yeah and
1: I'm not gonna no yeah. more details no, <laughs> besides that no. of course yeah um, it's obvious because of you know the kind of stuff that you were talking about that I was told about mm. that I didn't actually talk about yeah so I know for a fact that we have like the same extremely good source um, there's one guy that um, has never been wrong at least, you know there's of course yeah. multiple sources that haven't but yeah yeah so I mean there's another potential issue right there. If if we are sharing sources, then <laughs> you know there's always going to be a chance that someone else got asking. the same info
0: when they didn't know you did. And you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So there that is that is a, a potential issue, of course.
0: So I think we actually got to a lot of the more in-depth behind the scenes and Freethinker stuff early but i do need to and i see we got to some of the zen 3 stuff of course i do want to back up though and talk about the current Mm -hmm. landscape of nvidia intel amd i think you touched on it by bringing what i'm about to ask by bringing up the 5870 like before we talk about the current landscape i think it's worth talking for like five minutes how did you see intel amd nvidia around i don't know Honestly, before even Bulldozer, I I don't think we need to go super far back, but I think around 2009, 2010, like, what was your perception of these companies' places in the market so we can compare it to now?
1: I would have said back then, NVIDIA had no real future in Mm. the PC, yeah? And I would have said, either that or AMD would have gone bankrupt, yeah? And 10 years later, both companies are prospering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nvidia definitely prospering that bit more. Yeah.
0: At least in terms of, you know, revenue
1: and market revenue, cap. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I Which guess, is, is what, what you marks. would you know, get to be fair, literally yeah. what you would do to market that good point. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, how much of this has been because Intel have, I mean, they seemingly capitulated yet somehow still make more money every year? Mm-hmm. How how is that possible? Yeah, I mean, well, demand's part Nvidia. of it,
0: right? For Intel, yeah, because people
1: just want more and more compute. And
0: uh, I mean, AMD has uh, had greater sales than ever before, and yet they're losing market share to Intel and I think Nvidia simply because people just want anything they can get, and yeah. they can produce
1: more than AMD right now. They've also done brilliantly regarding artificial intelligence. I mean. NVIDIA. Yeah, especially in the university the, side. Yeah, this is not the same company it was like 20 years ago, not even 10 years ago. They are on a different level, like completely gone out of sight of AMD as far as I'm concerned, yeah. They're on that next level. Mm-hmm. I, th- I would consider... But you were doubtful
0: they would get there, weren't you? Yeah, I think I remember was. some videos where you were saying it's, it's
1: like not working out. I mean, they rely on both AMD and Intel to sell. PC graphics. Yeah. And and like servers. Why? I mean, if AMD <laughs> and Intel were smart, they would take they would have taken NVIDIA out of the equation a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think they've had their eye on each other too much. Yeah. They've been too busy looking at each other. And why Intel would Intel moves so slowly that maybe now they start reacting to NVIDIA. <laughs> it's way too late. Nvidia are already at the next tier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can't be stopped now as far as I'm concerned, unless maybe a company like Apple and Google starts looking at them and thinking I've mentioned hey,
0: that to job. people that you that there's some people i you know it's cool to hate Apple, but uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, I don't really understand it being cool to hate any company but uh, yeah. When I think of Apple and them designing their own chips, I'm like, guys, this is good. This brings competition <laughs> yeah. to the market. Even if you can't put it in your gaming PC, indirectly, they are now competing with Intel and AMD. Yeah, which is might as well be directly. It's just in one market, and that that is good. That is very good that it, Apple is there making chips that give Intel trouble. Like more competition is... And yeah. graphics, let's be honest. They're making yeah. graphics that are at least yeah. competing in parts of the market. Like we need Apple and hopefully Samsung and others to really kick it up because these companies... I mean, it's funny. I had um, kind of like a semiconductor like hedge fund manager. like They specialized in, for in hedge fund investing in the semiconductor space. And he was saying that someone told him in the semiconductor industry that Intel is as if aliens gave them godlike CPU technology and then they were just living off of that and screwing up everything else they tried. Like, Like, Because you would think that the fact that Intel has... I mean, they have the server market entirely. They still arguably do, and yet they yep. they keep failing to get into GPUs. They waste money on buying MEC fee, <laughs> like instead of putting that into getting ten nanometer on track quicker. Like there's so like it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bringing it back to what I asked, bringing it back to 2010, you would think Intel would have completely destroyed AMD by now. And yeah, for sure. And NVIDIA would be kind of just forlorn because it's just, it is actually funny to think. I think in like 2010, wasn't NVIDIA's stock price like $14 or something? Yeah.
1: Like (laughs) I think it was eight, eight, maybe even hit eight dollars. Yeah. And now it's what, 400 plus or something crazy? I mean, look, I mean, I know one of the questions was, can you say something good about NVIDIA? Yeah, let's get to that one now. Yeah, get right because I could talk great stuff about NVIDIA constantly. They are a fantastic company today. They are world beaters. The way that they dispatched like the radio technologies group, they just shrugged it off like they weren't even there. With the 5,000 series,
0: the 4,000 series, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. The previous 5,000 <laughs> no and 4,000 series. Yeah, yeah. We've come full circle. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, I mean, the way that they were able to shrug off these disasters as well... You, AMD could never do that. They just, wouldn't, you know, they just wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, that is a lot about Mindshare. The way that the market stuff is just fantastic. It's, I mean, it's terrible, but you've got, you got to sort of admire it as well, the way that they're able to manipulate the press. I mean, people maybe don't understand, understand this about me. Like, um, Just because I hate the, the way they do business, and I can't stand their fanboys and, doesn't mean that I'm not a fan of how ruthless Nvidia are. Yeah, I'm a fan of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I admire how easily they take to the tech press. Uh, <laughs> how they managed to con almost everybody into accepting the 3090 yeah. was a titan. Yeah, I mean, all you need to do is just throw money around the right places, and the tech press swallows the top. I mean, how can you not admire that? And, and it's like so people. I think people.
0: You talk about this and i talk about this all the time too like nvidia's manipulation of markets manipulation of the press and they think we're saying they're evil it's like i would say that the press is the problem nvidia's job yeah, is. is to gain power and make money literally they yes. want to make
1: money it's the press yeah. that eats it up that i'm mad at more so than anything exactly it, it was always the tech press that i was annoyed at it makes it it made my situation difficult on a door tv yeah mm-hmm. because Nobody wants me pointing out their failures, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wants that? And, you know, a lot of them would get very defensive over even slightly things, like small things. I remember, like, Steve over at Gamers Nexus didn't like it when I mm. did that whole... Uh, the thing where Intel manipulated the, the BIOS thing where they had overclocked. All I said was, like, um, you know, Steve at Gamers Nexus... He missed this in his review as well. I think it was the 9900K or so, the 8700K, mm-hmm. where they had the, this, this BIOS option which automatically overclocked. And Jay didn't like it either. So Jay and Steve at, at Gamers Nest it's both had a. <laughs> I mean, they, they threw their toys at the pram about that. But I, I just went to him and said, Look, guys, look, I'm not, I'm not blaming you for this because, you know, it has been like you've been conned into it. And I think Jay made a, a video. It was the Asus motherboard had had this feature automatically. I can't remember what it's called. It starts with a name. But uh, yeah, it didn't make it easy for me <laughs> in, in, so, in some ways uh, because I had taken that position of, you know, it's the tech press's fault. But I always tried to be as diplomatic as I possibly could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you said is true. I mean, NVIDIA, Intel, AMD, they should be, they're doing what they should be doing. You know, they should be manipulating mm-hmm. the press and people. Because they are companies. It's up to us to see through it.
0: I mean, I guess the one thing I would say though about Nvidia is I do feel like they, they, like everyone, like I'll get spam in the comments, you know, all companies are evil. They're all trying to take money from you. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't say they're evil. And I wouldn't say they're all nefariously trying to take money from you. I just think they all have different ideas. Of how to make the most money, and I do the only yeah. the one thing I will say about Nvidia is to me it just does always feel like they lean on the side of slimy if they can do it. Like they are ruthless. Like ruthless, ruthless would be maybe the nice way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> yeah. that they always do lean on doing that. And 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 by the way, this question was from Chuck Emmett when he has to say one nice thing about them. And, and the notes you saw that I put under here is I really resent the idea that I hate NVIDIA. I mean, the system yeah. we're recording this on right now, it has an RTX 3070 in it, guys. My laptop next yeah. to me has an RTX 2060. Now, I also have a Radeon 7, Vega 64. I've had tons of other AMD cards. I'd say usually I've had an AMD graphics card in my desktop, not in my laptop in the past 10 years. But to say that I hate NVIDIA is just, absolutely wrong i just they give me so much to point out and i don't feel like amd does nearly as much i think intel does but intel's so bad (laughs) i mean intel is so bad at hiding the shady stuff they do that it's just like it's like in video without a coat of paint they just like straight up publish benchmarks where half of the amd cores are turned (sighs) off and it's just like well, I mean, is this even worth talking about? Know. Anyone can see this as a joke. And that's yeah. why there's so much to talk about with regards to NVIDIA. I really don't hate them. And and if you want me to say a good thing about them, I mean, they never stagnated as much as Intel. Um, they always took the... I always feel like they're trying to innovate. Sometimes I think they try to innovate in ways that are less consumer-friendly. But they, yeah. they they don't just sell you smaller quad core dies for 10 years straight. Like NVIDIA innovates and they really try to innovate. Yeah. And and their website is so much better than AMD's. It's 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 honestly pathetic how much better yeah. NVIDIA's website is. AMD's getting a lot better at it, to be fair. But like yeah. just like 10 years ago, I would say AMD didn't have a website. Right. <laughs>
1: I mean, here's the thing. AMD like to advertise or like to say that, you know, we're all about gamers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But NVIDIA are really selling the message to gamers. AMD's just not doing it. And, uh, I mean, that's, what it, that's a, one of the biggest reasons why they're doing so well. It's the, the way that they market, NVIDIA markets to gamers, is on a completely different level to what AMD's doing. Yeah? And it shows in, in the success that they have. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to start going
0: through some of these reader mails that are regard, related to AMD and NVIDIA. Wooly Ram writes in and says, Tom, why do you keep harping on how AMD needs to provide a DLSS competitor as a feature it does not even merit being called half-baked? That dubious honor goes to RTX. Well, NVIDIA might claim that they will have DLSS working in future titles. Do we have any reason to trust NVIDIA will do this? So, and this is a a way for me to breach the subject of DLSS. I mean... I I don't think we need to dwell on the opening of Turing too much. I mean, straight up, Turing didn't have ray tracing titles at launch. Like Literally, it didn't. There wasn't one. And also, they didn't have... DLSS was a complete joke.
1: But do you think that's changed by now? Do you think DLSS... Oh, yeah. yeah. Both the ray tracing situation and DLSS, for sure, I would say, have changed. Um, The way that NVIDIA... You know... Remember that leak that I got that actually leaked RTX? And yeah. when I first saw this, I thought, this can't be real. There's no way NVIDIA is going to throw out GTX and then RTX. You know, I had that leak for one month before I finally decided, holy crap, this is legit. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I made the video on it, like the 2080 RTX thing, how it's all going to be about ray tracing. Wasn't it this the, the lineup head. where they
0: were initially deciding if they wanted to make the 2070 seven gigabytes?
1: Yeah, something like that. That's what people re- reminded me of, like the 7 or 5 gigabyte mm-hmm. RAM. That's why my leak was wrong. Oh, this, of yeah. course. Wasn't the fact, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I got like the fact that it was the 2000 series and not like the 1080 Ti, or sorry, the 1180. And the fact that, you know, they were going to rebrand all RTX, the fact mm-hmm. that they, they were actually splitting between RTX and GTX as well. I mean, this is all part of this original leak I had. But just the fact that NVIDIA did that it really shows just how powerful they are, Mm -hmm. that they can just go ahead and rebrand RTX. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that made me, people after, after tuning, people said, this is just going to be, this is just like a one generation thing. It's all about making money. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. They are in this for good now. (laughs) They are in this, you know, this is, this is, this is physics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, this is how they now stay ahead. And that's exactly what Nvidia would do. You know, Obviously, I'm more of a fan of AMD than I am mm-hmm. a fan of Nvidia. And I would like to see AMD coming back and like graphics. I, I do not enjoy like hating on them. I just don't. And it's really, really tough for them. But with, with Nvidia doing stuff like this, it's kind of demoralizing. You know, back, like, we talked about the f- 5870 when AMD
2: was
1: in the lead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, RDNA2 comes along and you're thinking, can they even compete with Nvidia on this backward eight nanometer Samsung node? Mm-hmm. I mean, all right, the power—the like ludicrous, but it's clear at desktop what people don't care about that um, performance-wise. If RDNA two is close to Ampere, then they should have like smacked Ampere around, like because of the seven nanometers. And it's not—it's not that it's, not like it's even that bad an architecture,
0: RDNA, RDNA two. It's actually pretty decent. I think it's an excellent architecture based on the ones I've yeah. tested.
1: But somehow Nvidia still ahead, and like they're miles ahead in ray tracing still as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it depends on the game. There's actually some games does, where yeah.
0: AMD's ahead but there's yeah. others like where I I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I have to jump in and say I'm actually I, when I tested the 6800 XT, I tested a 2060. I am now testing a 3070. I expected to be won over a little more about ray tracing now that I have several cards yeah. where I can try it out. My honest opinion yeah. is ray tracing is uh, kind of m- an awful gimmick, actually. Still, is my opinion. It's still gimmicky. Yeah, like it's, 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 it's there's a no game. I would turn it on on PC. Like if anything, yeah. the best use of ray tracing is a Spider Man game on the PS5, and that's all yeah. we can say. Everything else, like like there's an there like in Battlefield Five, like I showed how you could see like blocks of water changing light colors as you walked <laughs> yeah. around. Like in, yeah. mo- in half of the games, I I honestly. I honestly think ray tracing makes most games it's in look worse because the reflection yeah. is a lower resolution and it just everything just starts looking blurry and like denoised yeah. and weird looking.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is where DLSS uh, 2.0 come in as well. It should help uh, if, sure. if they can like, render at a lower resolution and then, you know, ray trace on top of that. Um, everybody thinks Turing was terrible, yeah. But I was actually a fan of the architecture, yeah, because there's got to be a start at some point. Somebody needs to, you know, go and innovate, and NVIDIA went ahead and did that. And, all right, maybe Ampere didn't quite hit the heights that we hoped for ray tracing-wise, but it's another major step ahead. They're pushing, you know, they're innovating, they're pushing the industry forward in their own direction, of course, because that's what NVIDIA does. But I just find it that I can't hate on that, Yeah. Even though Ampere was like massively overpriced and a very, very <laughs> mediocre upgrade regarding like uh rasterization. Well, they changed the industry again. They did it again. Yeah. I think there's a few things I'd
0: want to say. First of all, I the there's only thing that makes Turing kind of bad is what they sold it for. Like if they they could have, you know, if they would have <laughs> made TU 106, which would typically be the 60 set. If they made, the, if they called the 2070 the 2060 and sold it yeah. for 350, if they sold the 2080, As the 2070 and they sold it for 500, you know, if they made the 2080 Ti actually have the full 12 gigabytes, thank you, please, you know, like, and put it for like 750 even, even 800. I don't think there's any argument that Turing was a decent increase and it, I mean, it was more efficient than Pascal. They did it again, even if it's not as big of an increase as of course, you know, Maxwell was over uh, Kepler, but And I think you could go as far as to say that, and this has been pointed out that, and I pointed this out in a video specifically, like, you know, the Titan RTX, which is the full die with the full 384-bit bus on Turing, that was, I think, 40% better than the Titan Pascal around. Yeah. Like, I I would argue, is that 5% worse than the increase? Ampere brought over Turing. Well, Ampere... Increased power usage by like 50% for some 50, of their yeah. cards. You know, you could easily make the argument that the only reason we didn't notice Turing was just as good, if not better than Ampere, even in performance increase, is that they really segmented off the performance brackets, like to a degree yeah. that just annoyed everybody. Like, tur- yeah. Like I mean, like the 2060 laptop. Like the 3060, like almost isn't more efficient in laptops than the 2060 guys. Like <laughs> yeah. it's like 20% better at best at the same power
1: usage. But I actually regained a little bit of faith in like the PC. Uh, people who are interested, like PC master race, let's call it, because they really didn't like Turing. Yeah. So even though I liked it as an architecture, mm-hmm. uh, the, f- the simple fact that the, like, you know, 2000 series was so badly, you know, ex- it just wasn't accepted by It's like so universally many panned by people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was actually under the impression that NVIDIA buyers would literally just buy anything NVIDIA released. Yeah. A bit like Apple. But I mean, but Turing was different, as in people were really turned off by it. Uh, so I got a little bit of faith back yeah, there. I did lose most of it again due to Ampere, which I think is. <laughs> just not very good at all. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I mean, marketing goes a long way and it's fast, I guess. It's just, Jesus, that power that it's using in that old 8 nanometer node. And are they really trying? We know that what they can do next on 5 nanometers is going to be amazing. I mean, this is another Pascal that NVIDIA's got coming next, I would think. Well, I would
0: assume so. I, I would say about Ampere, though, uh, and I think we need to talk about this because you've done a bunch of videos on mindshare, and yeah, I, I think the uh, is the so the problem is that it's I think right now it's impossible to analyze pretty much GPU mindshare or, or sales just because anything that's made sells instantly. So like I yeah. don't think we can honestly argue anyone's. I mean, AMD is losing market share literally, but they're also selling more than they've ever sold. So it's selling more than ever. But, I think yeah. trying to analyze. The perception of things is uh, you just can't right now. But uh, I would say that I think you saw at least when that wasn't happening, with even before the 5000 series launch from AMD, you saw them taking GPU market share. And I think that's because AMD's mind share is back. We've been talking about how mind share, you know, like you did a video talking about. Most people, and I, and I discovered this myself when I was a mod on the Tom's Hardware forums, they don't actually want you to tell them which GPU to buy. They want you to tell you which NVIDIA graphics card is 150 yeah. or whatever price they're yeah. looking for. And the same for AMD fanboys as well. Um, although oh, yeah. there's less of them, I would say. I, I would say that I'm not seeing that as much anymore. It's impossible to prove because anything that's made is sold. But ever since Zen, honestly, it started with Zen+. Plus. Frankly. Yep. But Zen 2, I'm noticing people look at AMD graphics cards way more than they used to. Like I I actually don't think Ampere is regarded as well as I think the sales suggest. We can't prove it. We may never prove it because I don't know if anything's ever gonna be, you know, completely in stock in a way that we can determine who's selecting one over the other for the entire year. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how often you look around on forums, but I see a lot more people looking to try to get AMD first. Like, a lot more people. They just yep. can't because capacity's booked.
1: They're not there. You can't actually buy the graphics cards. I mean, this whole capacity thing is... <laughs> I could talk about it for, like, days on end, I think. Uh, obviously, with so much capacity going to the game consoles, and it must be half, almost half of AMD's capacity has to be going... To game consoles mm-hmm. you just wonder how much money they could be making but it's not just about them i mean they can make those gpus there's no guarantees that asus your msi your gigabytes are gonna want to sell them and you know the add and board partners are a massive part of this mm-hmm. nvidia has got an iron grip on yes. them over at taiwan yeah really and you see it as well in nvidia's chinese sales huge absolutely huge. Um, so it's not just about what AMD does and what decisions they make. They're also relying on their partners being you know, all in on this. Mm-hmm. And I think some of them have probably been burned just a little bit too often. Or, yeah, I mean, it was always going to be a slow, gradual increase in market share if they made it. Mm-hmm. But, and even if they're losing it, like you said, they're still making more money because they're still selling more cards because there is so much demand for compute. I mean, they're doing all right. I think... But towards the end of like adult TV, I started talking about how AMD weren't aggressive enough, mm-hmm. and I, th- I still firmly believe that. I mean, they're, they're not showing the kind of aggression that they could be showing. I mean, all right, you're not gonna, you don't want to throw out your partners like Sony and Microsoft. Regarding you know like the game consoles, no, and they consider
0: they consider bailing AMD out when they almost went out of business. Like they, those consoles saved AMD in the mid two thousand. Back back
1: originally, yeah, no doubt about it. Mid two thousand ten, now, yeah, but now it's more like a it's a bit of a milestone. Yeah, I mean, silicon capacity is like gold dust. This is how much this is worth. Mm -hmm. AMD has some of the probably the largest silicon capacity in the world after Apple. I mean, that's how big AMD have got all this silicon capacity. Well, not including stuff like Samsung's memory, obviously. Um, but they are <laughs> half of it goes on game consoles, which are low-margin, like, you know, bargain-basement type of stuff. They just can't make the money that that capacity suggests that they should be able to make. Well, they have to make these bets ahead of
0: time, though. You know, they allocate the wafers ahead of time. And it's obvious why they would do this, you know, why they would have made this decision in early 2020 to just, you know, let Sony buy up a ton of it, (laughs) frankly. Like, and it's because they know those will sell. Like, every console launch, they sell out for the first year and GPUs, they've had better GPUs before and gotten burnt, and so it's just yeah. a, it's just a safe bet to go with the consoles. Safe bet basically, yeah. And it forces devs to develop for their graphics architecture too. So that's another True. checkmark, and that this is just the safest option. What what I really feel is obvious at this point, and I I do think it has been up for debate in the past, and I and I'm sure it still is because whenever I talk to someone in like really in the fab side, like Daniel Nenny from SemiWiki or something. Yeah, like he has yeah, watched that one. Yeah, he really points out how expensive it is to design a new die and how much yeah. you're pulled in different directions when you're designing on two nodes. But I feel like it's obvious they should be doing something on Global Foundry still for the lower mid range. Yeah. Like they oh, yeah. absolutely, having said that though, is something I've been thinking about recently. How much of that? Like You say, well, go to Global Foundries to fix capacity problems. I'm pretty sure Global Foundries is pretty booked up too, though, and they're making the IO dies for Zen. So I don't think it's as simple as just all of this
1: free capacity at Global Foundries either. Yeah. I mean, Global Foundries are actually making money for the first time ever.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: they pulled out of 7 nanometers because they looked at the economics of the like 12 and 22 FTX, and they said, you know, we need to start making money, and we can make money Selling these backward technologies, rather than like spending more money trying to compete with TSMC, who look absolutely out of sight as far as I'm concerned. They're they're gone. I mean, <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, which probably doesn't bode well for the industry long term, unless Apple decides to start building their own fabs.
0: Yeah, um, I was thinking about that too. Like, if anyone. Because people ask, you know, who can compete here? Who can compete there? It's like, well, it just comes, you just need motive and money, right? And the only one I can see, I'm not saying they will, but the only one that I can see with the expertise, the motive to do this stuff and the money is Apple. It would be an insane undertaking, but they're the only ones that even I could conceive of doing this. The
1: thing is, it wouldn't even be that insane because they have so much money. Yes. I mean, this is pocket change to Apple. Just (laughs) go and decide they're going to do this and go and do it. Yeah, their market cap is. I mean, it would be like a
0: decade undertaking, uh, but (laughs) it. I mean, and I think people go, "Well, how would they do that? They don't have the expertise." Well, they have a lot of money, and they've proven they can start things and stick with them,
1: so they can hire people from TSMC, guys. Yeah, easily. I don't even think it would take a decade for Apple. I think they could do this in four or five years. I think you know, just the way that. I mean, look at how quickly they built their own, like CPU and like crushing. Like what Intel could provide, I think they have got enough money and they can get any engineering talent they want. That this, yeah, maybe five years if they they could have their own fabs up and running. Perhaps more uh, more likely is they buy out global foundries or something like that and just you know go from there. That would seem to be the smarter option, at least. But yeah, I mean they've got the money to do anything they want, and they don't want to see TSMC. As being the sole supplier of chips, yeah, uh, they the shouldn't. Like it's, <laughs> it's shouldn't, a big problem. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, and I guess so. Let me
0: take it back to this. Then I think what we would say is, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you what you might say is, ten years ago, I mean, AMD seemed to be just <laughs> that have a bunch of great products, but like nothing's going well. Intel's going to dominate everything, and Nvidia's kind of. Not proving they can make, I mean, like, how would you see the landscape now? How would you summarize Intel, AMD, and Nvidia's position in the market right now?
1: I know it's a big well, question. I own stock, if I own stock in any one of these companies, I wish it was Nvidia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I believe that Nvidia will go from strength to strength. Um, they've got a lot of space ahead of them now, mm-hmm. now that they are kind of freed of like, the, the fear from. Like losing their business entirely. This AI is, I mean, AI is massive. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, they're really ingrained and integrated into universities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's an Intel move. Intel made these kind of moves like 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. NVIDIA are now there and they're the company that I would, you know, definitely be, they're completely safe. AMD, a little bit diff- different because Intel. You know, Intel still has an awful lot of money, mm-hmm. yeah. and we know, like, and we know what like financial horsepower can can achieve. Yeah, yeah, they could, they can buy themselves out of trouble, and they can buy AMD into trouble, which is still a concern. Yeah, I mean, this is still a concern, even though AMD yeah are yeah Intel, I mean, Pat's there now. I don't know if he's going to make a difference. I don't know if one guy can make a difference to a company like Intel. There's something just completely broken Yeah, um, The manufacturing appears to be broken, which is everything the company, I mean, that is a backbone of the company, but it's broken.
0: Yeah? I mean, well, I mean, 10 nanometers here, five years late, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And I think seven nanometer, we're just going to have to see. I, I personally think it could be ready in a couple, well, in under a couple of years. But at that point, you have to wonder at the same time, though, the fact that they control their fabs, we're just going to have to see how much of that can allow them to, I think, allow them to sl- possibly slingshot back if they do catch up on, like, even then they're still behind. But at least maybe they'll have the capacity to make the chips to keep and move forward with the market share. I'd, do you do you see, though, NVIDIA exposed at all in terms of, like, Intel working on machine learning things? like? Ponto Vecchio from the last leak I did looks very impressive, like it could bury a one hundred. I mean, of course, by then it might be competing with you know whatever, right? Whatever Nvidia's got yeah. next, but like it, everything I'm 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 being told from sources right now, like them, like Intel working on one API, hiring people for machine learning development, that there's stuff that's they've got that's really doing machine learning well. I, do you see that, though, as a big problem for NVIDIA that Intel, and I think people don't understand that like the amount of funding Intel's putting into their machine learning things and non-gaming GP GPUs like Ponte Vecchio, it dwarfs the yeah. development of their gaming graphics cards. They couldn't care less about Ooh, their yeah. gaming cards. So oh, sure. I think that could be a major exposure for NVIDIA if Intel really gets into that in about a year from
1: now. It's a bit like, I guess, Google Stadia uh, again, but it could end up that way. Like, <laughs> I just find it difficult to take Intel seriously in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I am not a Raja hater. I know that a lot of AMD fanboys are, like, they hate Raja. Yeah, I'm not at all a Raja hater. And I think that you know, he's competent and he can do a good job. Although I've been told by people close to him that he's not. So I've been told maybe both. Not. Yeah. Um yeah that's basically what i get told about raja as well.
0: Um it depends on who you ask. I I I honestly my opinion and of course it's just an opinion is that raja's personality type just rubs a lot of people the wrong way especially yes, the yes. more introverted put your head down and work people of silicon valley yeah. which is a major plurality i think of the pop of the um personality type in silicon valley like i think i told someone it, the way i would think of it is it's almost like raja if you were to take Raja and put him in Hollywood, he would be an introvert, but he's not in Hollywood. Yeah. He's in Silicon Valley. And I think Silicon that, Valley, yeah. and I think he just has a lot of confidence. He's got that kind of like, you know, upper class, like driven Indian businessman mentality yeah. that, you know, yes. I worked at State Farm. There's lots of people that I've met like this and at General Motors. And I just think that if he was in a different area a different industry, people wouldn't see him as arrogant, but it comes off yeah. as arrogance. Yeah. You know, if you're that yeah, type of a does, person. Yeah. That's just my opinion,
1: though. Yeah. I mean, is he the right man to turn this around for Intel? One way to look at this mm-hmm. is say, well, who else is going to do it? I mean, how many? That's what I always say. Well, who else is going yeah. <laughs> to? I mean, exactly. How many like world class graphic engineers are, are there out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's not that many. Um, I don't really think that Intel can take on NVIDIA though. I mean, to answer that question, I would say that I mean, it's weird because you know, that question saying, can you say something good about NVIDIA? I feel like all I have been doing all this. like, (laughs) Yeah, from our perspective. Talking about how much I admire NVIDIA and how they are so far out of sight and this is, you know, I, I truly believe this. Yeah, NVIDIA are just that good. They are just that good that I do not believe that Intel are really a major threat here. We'll find a way. and NVIDIA will find a way, (laughs) no matter what, to to stay at the top of graphics and compute. And that's my
0: opinion about NVIDIA to a certain extent as well, is I feel like over the past 10 years, there's just been circumstance after circumstance where I'm like, this is bad. DLSS is stupid. You know, Fermi uses too much energy frankly i thought kepler was kind of a terrible architecture from start to finish like it just seemed yeah. it's i mean they say it fixes fermi's power usage it also loses fermi's performance <laughs> like yeah like i mean all of these things and yet they just keep swinging they just keep going like all like you see amd getting into consoles making apus working with developers everyone who's a game developer likes working with amd more than nvidia right like yeah. they hate working with nvidia and yet nvidia just keep swinging and they so just keep going I, it's, it's almost one of those things where like i can only analyze individual things nvidia does that i think i just say don't ask me about nvidia's future because i'm always wrong about nvidia's future <laughs> right <laughs> right i think i nail things about amd pretty well but I, when it comes and when it comes to nvidia all i know is you should never count them out because they they just yeah. keep like yeah they keep swinging no matter well, how it I works.
1: was completely wrong. I mean, I was completely wrong about what I thought Nvidia's future would have been 10 years ago because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, they would be really struggling and out of the game. But instead, they are the complete polar opposite of that. Yep. They just go from strength to strength. And I mean, I'm going to make another prediction and say that this will continue. And they will just, I mean, I think that there is more chance of Nvidia becoming the new Apple than there is of them going bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, neither, I couldn't see them going
0: bankrupt anytime no, soon.
1: <laughs> neither are likely to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. But I would say that they are now more likely to be the next Apple, rather than you know the opposite.
0: Let's just admit it: nobody wants to pay full price for those Windows Ten Professional keys. But shopping for deals on eBay can be a risky process that wastes your time, which is why you should simply just go to cdkoffers.com. cdkoffers.com offers an assortment of Windows software products, Steam games, Origin games, Uplay games, and even games on Xbox and PlayStation. Help out Moore's Law's debt and save yourself some money by using offer code BROKENSILICON for 25% off all Windows software and die shrink. For 3% off everything on the website, use CDK offers today. It's funny, we could get into the nitty-gritty of like Ampere versus RDNA2 because for, for, from my perspective, Ampere's segmentation reeks of them underestimating Radeon, right? Like when I look at what they did with a 10 gigabyte 3080 and then eight gigabyte 3070 again, and then the 3060 has 12 gigabytes. They've, yeah. you know, the leaks of the 3080 Ti. At this point, when I see those on, on WCCF Tech and stuff, I can't help but just start laughing. I'm like, dude, we've had, I've had two 3080 Ti information for months. They'll launch it whenever they want. It'll be around a 3090 yep. in performance. I don't think this is worth leaking. They just keep <laughs> going back and forth on what they're gonna do with it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, guys, it's just changing the RAM configuration of a 3080. It's. It'll come out whenever yep. they want. Yeah. Like, but it it's such an obviously awkward lineup. You don't even know what they would price it at or what they would do with it. And again, the thirty sixty yeah. is more RAM than the thirty eighty. <laughs> like to me, it just <laughs> seems like they really didn't think out. Their line, well, I think they were going to do a lineup that was, a, I think the 3060 was going to have 12, I mean, six gigabytes and B350, but then they yeah. saw what AMD has and they decided they just can't do that. Same with the 3060 Ti, from what I've heard, was never going to be as strong as it was or even exist. So I, I guess what I'm saying though is as much as awkward as this lineup is, I really feel like AMD is taking mind share. Although, again, we can't prove it. Like, do you think if AMD, because everything I've always heard is RDNA 1 is the first step forward, like the hd 3870 It's not meant to do anything yeah. crazy, but it catches mm-hmm. up in efficiency. The next one after that is kind of like the HD 4000 It's about beating them in efficiency. And then RDNA 3 is about taking the crown. Do you think if AMD takes the crown with RDNA 3, say, I don't know, early 2022, that that would put any dent in NVIDIA's... Like mind share further? I mean, it's hard to talk about market share because everything's selling, but like, how do you see that developing? Could you see AMD really taking it to them, though, if
1: they take the crown
0: in within a year?
1: I mean, there are actually parallels back to that time that you talked about, the mm-hmm. other 3870, the 4870. Um, you know, 4870 versus the uh, what was it, the 480? No, that was the previous one. Mm-hmm. But and then, in, sorry, AMD then went on to take the crown with the 58 the I think this is very similar to what was happening back then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are definite parallels there. Um, we know that it's going to be chiplet based, though, don't we? Or is it? Yeah. I mean, I've had some
0: loose information on that for half a year. It should be chiplet based. Of course, again, mm-hmm. send four. I mean, Zen yeah. three was supposed to have SMT four. You never. Yeah. This is one of those things where it could look like it's working well, and then they could just decide to scrap it and go monolithic again. Just like how I mean, RDNA one was going to have bigger chips, but they it just didn't scale efficiently past the mid range card, so they just said, "eh, we're not going to launch it." Yeah, you know. So, but yes, I think it should be chiplet based most likely.
1: I mean, what one of the questions that, uh, uh, that one of your viewers asked was is this going to make a big difference to AMD? If, if like, RDNA 3 is chiplet-based, is this, is this, you know, the Zen moment suddenly coming to GPU? Yes.
0: I, I, I don't know yeah. if it was Beachhorn or Amav or Chana, but, yeah, someone did ask, is this... Yeah, I remember, there is one question that literally asked, will this be a Zen 2 moment in the GPU space? Yeah,
1: it was, it was Beach Horn. Okay. This. It was Beachhorn. So, um, my answer to that was simply no, because they're still limited by power, yeah?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, chiplets, it might even be worse in, in some ways because you've got to have, like, you know, cross-communication between
0: chiplets. Which is so, much more intensive in energy on a GPU, I think, than a CPU. Yeah. There's just so yeah, much yeah. more energy consumed communicating. That's why Z is having so many problems at Intel.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to make, like, it's not going to be the revolution that we saw in CPU. Um, however. And I don't think we're going to see this like in desktop graphics. Yeah. I think we can forget about that. It's definitely in
0: CDNA too, based on the info I have. Yeah. And there's a suggestion it's in RDNA too. I mean, RDNA three. But it's again, it's one of those things, again, where it's like, we'll see if it is. It it should be. Yeah. I mean,
1: I kind of hope so, just because I want to see where it goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just want to see where it goes. Um, But there is, there's, I mean, NVIDIA are miles ahead in efficiency. That's why they can still you know, remain competitive on that terrible Samsung 8 nanometer node. That's awful this node. I just don't like it at all um, compared to TSMC, or maybe TMC's is just really, really good. But yeah, I guess I it depends believe, how you put it, right? Yeah. I truly believe that NVIDIA have got a huge gain coming when they move to TSMC 7 or 5.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The next generation after Ampere is going to be Something else. And they will fix that. uh, They will fix this whole thing where, you know, the uh, 10,000, what was it, shaders, but only half of them, only some of them can do like floating point and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll fix all this. They'll do the same thing that they did with Turing so that, you know, these are real, you know, this is real teraflops we're getting (laughs) here, not like half teraflops. Yeah. They'll fix that. They'll get huge amounts of efficiency out of it. They'll get higher clock speeds, they'll get even more you know, ray tracing performance out of it. AMD, you know, AMD is a server company. Server and consoles is how I see AMD. Mm-hmm. So whatever they do in graphics, they'll be they're looking at the data center. Yeah. They're not, they're not looking at the desktop. None of these companies are looking at the desktop, to be honest with you. We just get the scraps. That's that's all we ever get. But uh, AMD's strategy will be servers first or data center first and as far as like client goes you, yeah you're talking about game consoles so i mean i kind of gave up in that you could probably tell that i kind of gave up and you're just
0: done point. guessing that amd can take the crown well i would argue they almost have already with rdna2 right like the 6800 xt <laughs> yeah. i benchmarked it i think i got a really good sample to be fair but it ran at 2.75 gigahertz. I was like laughing. It's crazy, yeah. Like, this is stronger than a 3090, guys. Like, I... (laughs) Like, this is... Overclock that 3090 as much as you want. You're not getting more than like 5, 10%. This definitely... And I'm sure there's 6,900 XTs that can go past 2.7 gigahertz, too. Those will humiliate a 3090 in most games. Yeah, You know, so... I I would argue they already have the cloud. I don't know that I agree, though, that RDNA 3 can't scale much more and... I mean, like, so they're using like 300 watts now uh, with the 6900 XT, but it's overclocked a bit. I see no reason oh, why, yeah. <clears throat> if they go to six nanometer or five nanometer for RDNA three, they can't do. And I and I and I've said this before. I would advise people don't double down on what the chiplets will be. They're probably testing a yeah. bunch of stuff. But let's say it's 64 compute units or 80. There's no reason they couldn't clock them like 20 percent lower on a newer really? node. And And save a ton of power, yeah. I think that, and then, and hey, we've found people are willing to buy 400 watt graphics cards. So why can't AMD make some flagship RDNA 3 that's dual chiplets and 350 watts or more and can probably increase performance over their top RDNA 2 card by at least 60%. I don't see why they can't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree entirely. They could do it. Um, I think... These companies just simply look at it as silicon quality, though, and the best obviously goes to the data center, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, if AMD thought that they could maybe make like a real Halo flagship part with, I don't know how many chiplets. Yeah. I haven't been following it that closely. Um, yeah, the chances are they could have something that is extremely performant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no doubt about that. And I think they I just, could
0: get it to market before NVIDIA has something that can compete personally. Because I think, my my, inter, my impression of where NVIDIA's current position is that, at least from people I've talked to, Hopper and Lovelace isn't long. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you've heard differently, but it's not, Nearly like, they're still kind of focused on Ampere. I feel like there's a decent chance their next generation is actually going to kind of be like the GTX 500 series where they will refresh Ampere near the end of 2021 with maybe a top die on TSMC. And I think people underestimate that if they do that, like if all they do is take GA104, give it the full die, give it 16 gigabytes faster memory and clock at 10% higher. That's a decent forty seventy increase over the thirty yeah. seventy. And I see no reason yeah. why they can't release a generation in six months or so that is just basically Ampere but thirty percent better with way more memory,
1: and and people would buy it, you know. But I pretty much, yeah, I pretty much should think that they will just go TSMC on Ampere and mm-hmm. do those fixes that I said they would do. I think they'd, they'd be really wise to
0: make half of their lineup still at Samsung and just keep producing some of those old dies yeah. for capacity reasons.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, that's, that's probably true. Yeah, But so
0: I think that's coming and that will be good and that will take the crown again. But I don't, and I could be wrong, obviously, but I don't really see them having something twice as good by the time RDNA 3 launches, say, quarter two of next year. Like, I don't really see
1: that happening. I don't think they'll get twice as good. Yeah. I mean, my information on Hopper was that it's got an mcm mm-hmm. it's an mcm as well and yeah. it's got a control chip yeah i was given this information a long time ago and the same source showed me like an, an image of an ampere uh, quadro card. Mm-hmm. yeah like an actual actual force so i pretty much believe this source but i'm not 100% on them yeah
0: well yeah and i've heard so, that hopper is going to be mcm as well but i haven't heard it's coming soon and again it's kind of like for some reason i think there's a better Chance RDNA three will come out before it with MCM before Hopper's ready. Like it kind of to you me know, feels like Hopper's a ways away.
1: I I could be entirely we, wrong. Everyone listening, we kind of. I mean, we said this about RDNA one and RDNA two mm-hmm. as well. We thought that AMD were going to be first. Mm-hmm. Nvidia were first out. That's with true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. So it is a backward note that they were on, but and another thing is. You have to say that is this like AMD choice to be, to like wait so long before RDNA2 was out? Why did it take so long? I don't understand why it took
0: why so RDNA2 took so long. Yeah. I don't understand. I it. don't know. I actually, you know, I, I think that we all thought it would be out summer and it wasn't. Yeah. Um
1: yeah. I spoke with somebody within AMD pretty high up, and uh, the impression that I got from them was that RDNA2. Just would not. It just wouldn't meet Ampere, yeah. Mm-hmm. So AMD have definitely been surprised by Nvidia's lack of performance there. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe maybe they thought that their own performance wasn't going to be as good. But yeah, there's no doubt about it. AMD expected to lose this generation by, you no, know, a little bit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end, I, I would call it a draw. Yeah, think. me too. Yeah, I would say it's a draw.
0: Yeah. With and, AMD's uh, lineup making more sense to me, <laughs> with NVIDIA's yeah. just weirdly well, configured yeah, sure. cards all over the place.
1: I mean, I just can't get over the astronomical power usage of Ampere and the fact that it's 8 nanometer Samsung. I just could not buy one of those cards. <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you you're correct. I... You can't buy one of those cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can't get one anyway. Uh, but honestly, if you asked me which, you know, which graphics card would you like, then I would take like... What is it? AMD taught 1 1600 XT or whatever? Yeah. Um,
0: it's blazing uh, fast. I just don't think yeah. it's worth $1,000, personally. It's not worth $1,000. I certainly wouldn't pay 1500 for a 39. Uh, <laughs> I know, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that kind of gets us to a reader mail here. So Melodic Warrior writes in and says, Jim... With the last few years, AMD has been making quite a scene with their comeback thanks to Ryzen and the slow but ever-growing and graphics as a result of that. Where do you see AMD as a whole heading with their vision? Do you think it will be more consumer-friendly or do you think they will start making the same mistakes? Well, it's, I think it's actually up for debate how many of them were mistakes and just decisions, though, that Intel and NVIDIA has made in terms of company relations.
1: Well, I mean, I kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, like I think AMD's marketing and their PR is a bit of a disaster. To be honest with you, it's, yeah, it's, it's true. It's getting better, but I don't believe that you know it's where it should be. Um, stuff like product samples for the tech press. I mean, in Europe, I I, I actually heard that they had three samples mm-hmm. of a CPU, the best CPU. And they only had three samples for the entire European market.
0: And I don't know why, because they shipped millions that quarter, so they had them. I don't know why they didn't I mean, send them to Europe. I'm talking about like tech press reviewers, obviously, yeah. No, yeah, so I like, know,
1: but you'd think yeah. they would have put more thought into setting those aside. Especially when they had such a commanding performance advantage. Yeah. yeah? I mean, this is, this is marketing. It's free marketing. to get those chips out to every single... Mm. Tech press. Every single YouTuber should have been talking about this. Yeah, they're talking about
0: one. Instead, CD. they were yelling at AMD for not getting one. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, that is exactly it. They were yelling at AMD for not getting one. And uh, I mean, regarding their vision, I do believe it is all about game consoles for gaming and uh, mm-hmm. just just increase the prices on desktop. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but yeah. It's another reason why I got so jaded is I just see this happening in front of me, yeah? AMD are raising prices. They're really, really getting a lot of money out of the fanboys now. And uh, I wanted to see them attacking like, Intel and NVIDIA through capacity, lowering prices and going out. But they can't because like,
0: capacity is full. So that's the exactly.
1: thing. I mean, the thing here is, I mean, I basically predicted this five years ago or maybe three years ago. I said, look, all I can see coming is higher prices and the slow drain of like the PC master races, as things just get worse and worse. And I guess it's probably not as bad as I thought it was, but there's no doubt that prices are through the roof now. They're absolutely through the roof. Supply is just not there. And, you know, this is our hobby. You know, this is something that I am passionate about. Yeah. Um Even though, as a gamer myself, I'm playing World of Warcraft. It doesn't even matter what graphics card I have, and you know my extremely overpowered 16 core Zen CPU just is just not stretching its legs whatsoever. But I still I still do kind of care about where the industry's going, and you know the direction, and is it getting better or is it getting worse? It's clearly getting an awful lot worse, and. Yeah, I've been talking what can you do about, about that, that?
0: What can you, do about it, you know, with my brother, who is the co-host of every other episode of Broken Silicon, you know, we go news, yeah. then guest, news, then guest. And we've been talking about that, how, well, we're going to keep covering this, because I think this face is is fascinating, and I'm always going to have a PC. To be honest, I built my first desktop to do, like, AutoCAD for engineering, and yeah. eventually I kept getting new cards for mining, to be honest, because they just kept paying for themselves since
2: yeah.
0: 2014. Um, yeah. And I've always used, and now I use it for editing. That's a reason I actually kind of like the 3070. Although, let me tell you, it runs out of RAM compared to that Radeon 7 in a few <laughs> games in 4K. And if it had 16 oh. gigabytes, that's going to be part of the review. It really would be better. Um, but so I'm always going to have one, but it's hard to not just say, I just hope people like, there will be ups and downs. Prices will go down. I don't think they're ever going back to where they used to be, but they will go down nope. again. And like, I think you just yeah. can't, I think it, I think you should be willing to be enthusiastic about PC building, about the technology for a lot of people without feeling like you need to buy everything, you know, or, yeah. or mindlessly yeah. buy. Because a lot of people are buying cards and then selling them to miners for double the price, which <laughs> go for it, dude. Like, I don't know why these people <laughs> you know, think they're going to make money spending two grand on a Radeon <laughs> 7. I, you're not. I'm just <laughs> warning you. Um, like, but, and I think people need to start accepting that you might, How much gaming is really worth it to you over just a $400 console? Like, are you really that opposed to just gaming on a console for a few months and making two grand off your GPU now and then just buy one in a few months? I don't know, Like, because if prices get this crazy, I think these are the uncomfortable questions we need to start asking
1: ourselves. I mean, the whole point of the PC for me is it's convenient, yeah? I'm a gamer on PC because I like to spend a bunch of time online and researching and on Twitter and doing everything else that you just can't really do properly. On other things, yeah. A mouse and keyboard in front of you. Yeah, and okay, you can get one for a console if you want, but it's just not really the same. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree with you. I will always have a PC in front of me, Um, even if I like stop working like on YouTube or whatever, I will always yeah. have the PC in front of me. Yeah, that is there. I just wonder if, you know, are we getting less or? Well, I think a part of accepting this as a hobby is just
0: being honest with yourself. It's a hobby. That's why you're spending more. Treat it like a hobby. Enjoy it. Yeah. But don't lie to yourself about price performance. But if it's also a hobby, I think you also need to be honest with yourself about why you like it. Does it have to be the newest card? Do you have to spend $2,000? Can't you enjoy tinkering with it maybe some months with other stuff? I don't know. I, I, think these are the, I think when things get this out of whack, you can't just keep going through the motions of acting the same way because these are not normal times. In fact, you're yeah. crazy if you're acting like how you always do.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know myself, yeah. like some, some people in my guild in Warcraft immediately went out and bought the 3090 and I'm like, <sighs> do not buy the 3090. But in the end, if you've actually got so much, you know, so much more disposable income, mm-hmm. then just go and spend it because they, they literally do not care. They just want the best, and that is, you know, driving Nvidia's top end is basically people who just want the best, and you know, they seem to be doing all right out of it. Uh,
0: I think. I mean, I've got a good question here though that I want to throw in. I think that's really an insightful question. Carbon Cry writes in and asks, "I'm asking for your opinion on a thought I had recently." and just hear me out, that it might be better for consumers if AMD and NVIDIA had either no set MSRP this gen or set its MSRPs higher. Again, he's like, hear me out. Right now, retailers and scalpers benefit the most from the extreme demand. But with no higher MSRP, more money would go to them, allowing them to spend more on R&D, and at the very least not to scalpers, making future macro architectures better, hopefully benefiting us. Worst case scenario, if they spend the extra income on dividends, it won't hurt us anyways, because I think this is an honest question. There's a lot of people that got mad at like the 6700 XT MSRP. And I was thinking, well... The RTX 3060 isn't even stronger than a 5700 XT. And that's selling for at least 500 on Newegg during raffles. Like, let's be honest. I checked last (laughs) night while I was gaming with some friends and it's true. Dude, 3060s are selling for like $700 on eBay right now. Jesus. I don't even know. 3070s are selling. And I was like, okay, I see people pricing the 3070 at 1300 on eBay, but is it actually selling? And I clicked on a link, it said 12 sold in the last day. And I'm like, okay, you know. You so, know me. I know. So if that's what people are actually paying for these and maybe half of them are minors, but still like, I, I have to ask, you know, was AMD making a mistake by making the 6700 XT480 if the price is closer to the MSRP? Is that just more honesty? Like, I don't know. Because
1: they can't make enough to for demand. So, I mean, if you just look at it that simply and that say, you know, supply and demand, then they should be increasing prices because the demand is crazy and there is like no supply. They should just keep on raising prices. I don't know exactly how this works. Yeah, obviously, they've set MSRP, but they're, all, they're also selling direct to like miners and stuff like that and direct to the public as well. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I kind of get the feeling that if GPUs were priced $200 higher from NVIDIA and AMD, then the scalpers would, I don't know, $200 on top of what they're... I don't getting. know, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really know enough about how the whole MSRP thing goes. Um,
0: well, it's just supply also, and demand. You know, people are apparently willing to spend a grand on a 3070. So you would make You've the... also got the intermediary
1: though. You've got like the EIBs guys. You've got like Asus and MSI and all that mm-hmm. selling graphics cards. So I mean, how how does that dynamic work? I mean, are they the ones that are getting more money out of it? A or? lot of them, to my knowledge, are the way that
0: they're handling it based on what I've I think you can just see it. I don't think you need a source, but like, yeah, like what they'll do is they'll say, "Well, we have this one, for example, 3060 at $330. We have a $330 model. And yeah, we have yeah. these other models that are 500." Now look. Yeah we have the MSRP model there and uh, just don't ask us how many of them we're actually supplying because we're (laughs) supplying 90% at the $500 price point and we're just saying, well, yeah, but that one comes with a nicer cooler. That's why it's 50% more. That's why it costs so much more money. That's what AIBs are doing right now. There's not a whole lot they can do about it. NVIDIA can control them to a certain extent. AMD has no control over that. AMD doesn't have enough control over them.
1: No, they don't have any control over them at all. I would go as far as saying... uh, Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's just a mess because of mining and, you know, prices. And it's just difficult to see where does this end? Is there a way out of this? I mean, is NVIDIA even getting enough, like, supply out of Samsung to keep this, you know, to even supply the market? AMD, like we talked about, they're way more interested in selling consoles and what, like, Zen. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, where does this end? You know, are we forever stuck in this? That's kind of what I'm
0: asking people, too, is we do need to start, I think, asking ourselves where this is going to end if we just keep accepting the higher prices. Because we, I mean, look, guys, people have voted. They're accepting higher prices.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They've already done it. Mm -hmm. Because they're so desperate to get the next new thing. And, uh, yeah, presumably, this will be the same when NVIDIA and AMD do the next new thing next year or later on this year.
0: I do feel like, though, people should prepare themselves. Look, if you're getting this because you don't care, you have the money, and you want a game right now, I get it, honestly. Especially because it's like winter during a pandemic, and maybe you're tired of watching Netflix. I get it. Of course, we're almost to spring now, so you have to start asking yourself, are you really going to start going outside more? do you really need this graphics card? Uh, Especially (laughs) one that uses 400 watts during summer. I mean, you really need to ask yourself that. I, people keep underestimating, by the way, how much energy that is. It's like, no, I'm telling you, it's going to heat up your house. Like, yeah. Um, but, I, any, anyways, though, I, I just think people need to prepare themselves for not feeling like just ask yourself would you feel stupid if in three months those cards all dropped to MSRP or lower because? Either Ethereum mining dies or something happens there. Or, I mean, uh, gasp, let me suggest, maybe a lot of the people buying these cards now are the demand and eventually the amount of people willing to pay that much. Maybe that's just 20% of people. Maybe it isn't everyone. And then they catch up with demand. Like just, Just keep in mind, guys, that these prices could collapse. I don't think we're ever going back to the, you know... God, I, I always was almost said Pascal versus Polaris, but I mean, do you remember the Kepler versus GCN days? Those prices, I don't think we're ever going back to that. But they no. could collapse, and will you feel silly? You know, like if the mining boom collapses, especially, and there's just thirty eighties flooding eBay for five hundred bucks.
1: I they're just don't know. not even paying attention like that much attention. Mm-hmm. I, I think it comes back to what we talked about really early in like the episode where. People are only buying like um, Nvidia cards at a certain price. Mm -hmm. That might have been before the episode started, actually. We were talking about that. Uh, But yeah, people simply buy an Nvidia card at a certain price. And, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever people can afford, they will buy that Nvidia card at that price, no matter how good or bad it is. There's a lot of assumptions, especially, you know, people who aren't following tech a lot. Expect like the bigger number to be better. Yeah, they Mm -hmm. don't really understand that maybe a 2080 super is faster than a 3060 because they think the 3060, you know, is a bigger number. Mm -hmm. This is how this has been like this for a couple of decades. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what to say anymore about this whole (laughs) thing. I I somewhat agree. (laughs) It's kind of. It's it's useless. We're just hoping that things get better. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. We're just hoping that it gets better.
0: And that's why I just keep saying just be honest with yourself while you're buying it and if you... If you really need to be. Um, Deco writes in and asks, with the GPU supply shortage expected to continue well into the year and prices seemingly being high for the foreseeable future, at least with (laughs) Navi 21 and GA 102, do you think there may come a point eventually where those who bought high-end cards before Ampere launch would be better off holding out till RDNA 3 lives for upgrading to buy cards at a reasonable price? Because this is something I've been thinking about too, like, Well, let me me add this in to the question as well. I think everyone's like, well, you know, how is NVIDIA going to respond to RDNA 2 with their 16 gigabyte cards? You know, when's the 3070 Ti, 3080 Ti coming out with like 16 and 12 or 20 gigabytes, whatever they decide to go with? Um, and, and I think those could come out, obviously. But I think if I was yeah. NVIDIA, I just wouldn't worry. Like, they have enough cards in the lineup. They can't keep up with demand. If I was NVIDIA, I would actually be putting more thought into an Ampere refresh happening as the 4000 yeah. series at the end of this year. Because oh, yeah. by the time that comes out, that's when supply is probably going to catch up with demand. Like, And so that's yeah. a little bit of what I expect. Although, again, it wouldn't surprise me if a 3080 Ti comes out or something. Um I, I, so like And so I, I am wondering, though, like and then RDNA 2 is probably a few months after that or four months or something. Do you think people should just hold out with their... I don't know about 2080 Ti, but if you have a 1080 Ti, a 5700 XT, a, you know, I think even like a Vega 64 or yeah. a 2080, should everyone just keep waiting till the next gen at this point?
1: You know, what I think is happening is people are now accepting less than... What they used to have, like if you're a 1080 Ti buyer back then, you were you were, you were, you were the, the guy, top tier. yeah, yeah. Uh, but now, I guess a lot of these guys will probably look at something like a 3070, yeah, and think, yeah, that's that's good enough for me. That's a good upgrade for me. Yeah, you're no longer the guy. I'd, you'd even be paying a little bit less in that case. Mm-hmm. Chances are they actually went for a 3080, you know, rather than the 30. 70. But uh, I think this is most of what's happening.
0: Uh, well, that's what I, I keep saying, not, you know, except the level of performance you need. And, you know, I had I had a Vega 64 that was like a really good overclocker. Like, I got yeah. it like 20% over stock. And that level of performance, I went to a Radeon 7 because it was good at, you know, editing and mining. Um, yeah. And, you know, but it was only like, really 20% better than my golden sample of a Vega 64. I think around the performance of, if we're being honest, which all of these cards I mentioned, Radeon 7, crazy overclocked Vega 64, all of these cards I tested at 5,700, all these cards are pretty close to a 1080 Ti. For me, that's the level of performance where I just, it looks good. I'm not too worried about it. If I might have to lower it to 1440p to play at 120 hertz in some games, but most I don't need to actually. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, and I think for some people it's an RX 580 even. I think some people don't care as long as it's 1080p 60. Like,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are asking themselves that now. Whatever performance that you need, then that is what you should buy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still using this Radeon 7 that I got sent, the VView sample. However, I have got it underclocked and undervolted as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah? It runs Warcraft, and I also run like, Radeon Chill constantly. Which is they've kind of got me locked into buying Radeons because of yeah. Radeon Chill. AMD is absolutely superb. Of course, they do
0: nothing uh, to market it or expand it into. <laughs> exactly. Like for me, I'm like, could you imagine if AMD made a BIOS switch that just kind of like kind of had it built in a little bit to the architecture, the Radeon Chill technology, like a low power usage BIOS? Like I don't know why. No. I don't know why. Like it, it. Uh, there's a
1: bunch of stuff that they could be doing an awful lot better. Yeah, you know? and it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, when we're looking at it as you know, experts or analysts, yeah, we look at the stuff that they could be doing better and they're not doing. But I don't always think it's like a person problem or a personnel problem at the company. I think there's there is red tape there. Yeah, between like the graphics division mm-hmm. and maybe at the top top tier where money might be available for some things, what, well, maybe not, not available for everything, and they've got to make those decisions. But yeah, uh, I'm happy with this Radio on 7, obviously only playing Warcraft 3, really. <laughs> uh, so it doesn't really matter, but I would be 140 you know, FPS playing like the newest World of Warcraft classic, mm-hmm. uh, presumably Burning Crusade coming as well with this graphics card. It's it might not be the greatest graphics card ever. And I noticed one of the questions was about, can you get Jim to just admit that Vega was I was that about right? to bring it up. Carbon Cry
0: also <laughs> wrote in and asked, yeah. please explain to Jim that Vega is the best architecture ever released. Praise the Holy Seven. Yeah. And I was I mean, just going to ask, because there's a lot, there's a few people that ask, will make Jim talk about why he hates Vega so much?
1: <laughs> it's just so, so disappointingly far behind NVIDIA. Like massively if if inefficiency is <laughs> it's just not even close. It's so, so difficult to like this architecture. But the Radeon 7 in my PC is the best graphics card I've ever had. It's it's absolutely fantastic.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. So Well, I actually like Vega too. Like I liked it because I mean, God, it did everything so well. It was, you know, it was it was light years above everything else in dual mining. I could mine two algorithms at once because of how much bandwidth it had. Yeah. Like it, I I thought it gamed pretty well for what you got. And well, it used more energy. I didn't really it was really it's been, it's really good at yeah, being used as like the cheapest professional card you can get. You yeah, You know, I always kind of liked Vega and actually it sold really well. Half of it's probably because of miners. you know, it literally launched at a perfect yeah. time for it to come yeah. out. Yeah, But like, I don't, I mean, do you hate Vega? Cause I actually got the impression you were, if anything easy on AMD in your Vega liquid review, I actually thought you tried as hard as you could to be nice.
1: I always do this no matter what, you know, I'm reviewing. I mean, architecturally it was quite advanced obviously you had like your high bandwidth cache and all that stuff as well and it is hbm uh i don't i just don't know what was wrong with it power wise it was just absolutely crazy the efficiency was just not i
0: think some of that's global foundries i mean if we're being honest if it would have been made on tsmc 16 nanometer i think it I think it would have clocked higher and used less energy. And it probably could have been close to a 1080 Ti if it was made on TSMC. Granted, it needed I think it would
1: have been. I think it would have been better, but they would maybe have closed the gap by 10%. I mean, mm. my review saw it 30%. But what if it used 250 watts while well, it did that, you know? Uh, that would be a big help again. Well, probably not, though, So long as it wasn't still well, we have the so Radeon 7, still $100 though, right? more.
0: <laughs> like So it, there's no way it would be as good as the Radeon 7, though. So yeah, you're right. it probably only closed the gap a little bit in both directions.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's about the nicest thing I could say about Vega. So <laughs> I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of the card. But I've got a Radeon 7 in my PC, and it is the best graphics card I have ever had.
0: Yeah, um, and I think the cooler on the 7 itself feels incredibly high quality, actually. Like, uh, higher quality than (laughs) anything else. I haven't touched the reference cards on the newest ones, but... Uh, Hair Rats writes in and asks assuming ZDG2 is just okay around 3060 performance but has better supply uh, and he says Intel 14 nanometer fabs I think it's actually going to be made at TSMC and the cards yep. are in the US not Shenzhen avoids the 100 to 200 USD tariff markup so no <laughs> do you think it could be a 1-2 punch for Intel and DG2 being received well in the do-it-yourself market despite I mean if it was made at Intel's fabs I think that would change my opinion on it assuming they could hit a certain performance amount, but yeah. I guess let, let me just phrase the question this way. I, I've been covering ZDG2 a lot. I mean, I just had another leak come out. I have another leak coming out, hopefully soon. It's actually kind of a little too comprehensive at this point, where it's like if I were to release it, I am worried people could get in trouble. Um, yeah. But my current opinion on Z is that I don't think it's worst case scenario like never coming out in any way But at the same time, I'm highly skeptical it will, it's not coming out on time, I don't think. Yeah. And I'm highly skeptical it will be able to compete in the high end soon. But I I don't like, how do you see, like, let's say, but what I've leaked, what Intel's goal is, I guess let's put it this way, is something a little stronger than a 3070 with 16 gigabytes of RAM for $400. They want to get it out by the end of this year. If that comes out, do you think that could help the market?
1: Yeah, I think if Intel can actually hit that kind of performance at that price, then that would be really, really good actually for the market just, just to shake it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, I'm not convinced they're going to hit that level of performance, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't know. Uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop regarding this stuff. I got an awful lot of information maybe a year to six months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I passed most of that, and inf- most of my inf- Intel information went to Matthew on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because he was actually, I mean, he knows Intel better than I do regarding like products and stuff like that. I, most of my Intel stuff is like what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah,
0: he yeah. was really interested in the Intel stuff. I am too. I think I'm one of the only people who covers kind of leaks like this who seems
1: genuinely interested in
0: Intel. Most people just ignore Intel leaks for whatever yeah. reason.
1: Yeah. I mean I think most of the the leaks that people want to see is what AMD is doing next. There's two reasons for that it's because AMD fans generally, you know, watch this type of content more often, mm-hmm. but also AMD are, you know, very very innovative,
0: yeah. And they're delivering on leaks, right? If yeah. like some of the stuff leaked about Intel never comes
1: out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Intel stuff is uh for me, it's always been a little bit tempered by my utter dismay at how badly the company's doing. And I just find it difficult that they can do anything right whatsoever, yeah? It gets that way after, like, so many failures that that the company's had, yeah? They've just failed in so many things that you find it difficult to believe that they can deliver on anything. And, uh and graphics especially, I mean, come on. Intel and graphics, it's very, very difficult to believe that they will be able to like deliver on something good. But in saying that, you look at the IGP on Tiger Lake. Yeah. yeah? Very, very good. It's so there's something there. They've got something good going on. Um, whether or not they can deliver that in a desktop uh, format. So I guess we'll wait and see. With the I'm un- kind of rooting for them, by the way. I am actually rooting for Intel to deliver here. I
0: just everyone should it. be, and you know I've got yeah. multiple sources, and they're kind of torn on how good ZDG2 will be. I'd say again, the average, the or the median or opinion is basically it's coming out, but I'm not ready to double down. It'll be great, <laughs> but yeah. you know they were selling those Optane drives in. Uh, <laughs> In over SATA for some, like at like half the cost it takes to make them, just so they could produce anything to the gaming to a high volume market, while well, they get yep. better at producing it. And so, I guess what I'm saying is, I think Intel can afford to price whatever they end up successfully making at a reasonable price. If it's a thirty-sixty, I think they can afford to sell that for two fifty. If it's you know, even if it's a little bit below cost, I don't think they can do it for years, but. I think they're willing to do that. I just don't know that they'll get something out that actually works when we need it. But everyone, whether they think it's going to go well or not that I talk to, is rooting for it because nothing would yeah. help the gaming GPU market more than Intel releasing a graphics card that is makes everyone else's price performance look stupid. And then yeah. us, they do have the manpower for good drivers, too. They absolutely yeah. have the manpower for that. But oh yeah, I guess without following it too closely, do you expect them to do that this year? Or do you think it's going to be another
1: bust? I think it will be another bust. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I really, really hope I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. but I am pretty sure it won't be that good. Uh, I just, I just don't have faith. Yeah. Uh, It is what it is. You're just saying
0: it's just, you're being honest. That's.
1: <laughs> but then again, like I said, Tiger Lake does show that they've got something there that they can work with. So I don't know. Now nah, I hope I'm wrong, but I expect it. I even wonder if we will even see it. To be honest with you. Yeah, I feel
0: personally. I think we're almost definitely going to get some kind of a Vega Frontier release, so that they can yeah. say they release something. But yeah. the performance and efficiency of that is what is what's we're just going to have to see. And yeah. I mean, the fact that I've always heard it's made on TSMC 6 nanometer, although now I'm hearing that actually TSMC may be backing out of that deal, not Intel, because TSMC may say, yeah, we don't know if we want to make your thing on here. (laughs) If it's like, we just got better options to produce. Yeah. Like, I don't, if it's made at TSMC, I don't know how much it, do you think it still helps the market a lot? I mean, it will because it exists, but it's still going to eat up into TSMC capacity.
1: I mean, the way I see it is, I do not believe for a minute that Intel will sell something cheaply. Yeah. I mean, look at the, the cost of their CPUs. They're getting thrashed. But it goes back to what we talked about earlier. There is so much demand. Yeah. And th- the thing about Intel is, we are looking at lots of different departments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've got budgets and they need to make certain amounts of money in order <laughs> so that the bean counters at Intel can basically say, yeah. Give them more money to to move forward, cheap prices. I just don't see this happening at until anywhere at all, um, which would be my biggest red flag. I think if they can get a decent level of performance, it will still be priced.
0: You think what they'd still make it five hundred, six hundred dollars? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do. Yeah, well, I really do. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, same. But uh, <laughs> maybe I'm just jaded, or maybe that's just you know. Well, side effect of, you know, knowing the industry for as long as I have, but I really would not expect anything cheap coming out of Intel at all. Well,
0: you know, so I see a couple of reader mails here, but I think we've actually covered most of these questions in a lot of our earlier discussions. I So I do want to kind of just skip ahead to something that I haven't brought up yet. I I do want to bring up what happened with the whole am done debacle, and I think what mo- what a lot of people would perceive as you just really hating on amd pretty hard for a few months like i i honestly i'll be honest from my perspective i actually kind of uh disconnected a little bit there when i started seeing that i mean do you want to get into or are you willing to talk about what happened there that made you so mad at amd or fed up with them
1: well it wasn't something that happened overnight yeah of course and I'm guessing that you've got certain level of contact with AMD, and you are well aware of like the massive amount of frustration <laughs> that this company can cause. Um, and it's the same with any company that you've got like uh, close relations with. Um, there was one or two events during maybe like the last three years or so which really had a major effect on my relationship with AMD. I would say that the first one was, or if not the first one, then a very large effect on me was after the PC perspective thing, where I had basically like exposed them as just cheating and lying and making up like a bunch of crap about AMD products. Which yeah? they were. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Brian Shrout's at Intel now. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know what I said was true about them, but I think it was it's pretty obvious if you just look at the kind of stuff they were doing. They had it in for AMD, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Um, but, it's up to them to do that. But then, of course, like, Ryan Shrout started his Shrout Research thing, mm-hmm. and AMD started paying him, like, money to, like, early access to certain products and stuff like that, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of, like, that annoyed me a lot, but, uh, what annoyed me most was after I did that flawed perspective video mm-hmm. uh, where I pointed out all these, like how like they would twist like certain things to make it like it look bad. Like the whole FreeSync versus G-Sync thing, that was a joke what they did on that. Yeah. And how they had that, they had that video up showing the difference, but it was actually nothing to do with FreeSync and G-Sync. It was, it was the difference in the, in the monitor panel. Yeah. It was, a, it was the actual panel but it was, it was nothing to do with free sync and G-Sync. It was just the actual difference in panels. Um and they kept it up there even after that video. Uh, but I was given a statement from someone very high up at AMD mm-hmm. who basically supported me the t- it wasn't like a case of saying that like, I was wrong or anything like that, but it was like uh, you know we have worked with PC perspective and now mm. short research, you know, and uh, we always found them to be like upfront and stuff. And I mean, my PR guy gave me this message yeah, mm-hmm. and I could see the embarrassment in the text that he sent me. Yeah, I could I could read yeah. the lines how embarrassed he was about it. And it's like, I don't know, you can do with this whatever you want. And my response was. How do you think the average AMD fan would think if I had to go public with us, which I've never done until the AMD done thing?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah?
1: What do you think they have? What do you think the response would be? And I mean, there was no answer, yeah, because it's not a question that a PR guy can answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but if if you, I mean, it's like you said, you know that PC perspective were up to no good, and any you know AMD fan at that time, knew yeah. <laughs> the PC perspective, just hated on AMD constantly. Like, here's AMD, like, giving them money and stuff. And that was the first part of the thing that started to, let's just say that was the, the beginning of, like...
0: So, so you felt real like real you safe. went kind of, maybe not out on a limb, but you really, you know, were a bit exposed in, like, like if if someone were like you were like exposing what was clearly some level of just bias and yeah. like yeah. not an uh, impartial behavior and then AMD kind of you do you feel then that AMD kind of doomed you into looking like a fanboy for looking at it that way is that why and you where and
1: you don't know why AMD did that or no I mean it's entirely you know on a personal level I mean they, they didn't say like I was given a statement yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Supporting what PC perspective slash range shout did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, it probably doesn't come as a surprise to know that this came from the American side of things, yeah. Because America, and like uh, AMD America, and AMD Europe are really, really disconnected. Yeah, mm-hmm. the European side would never have done this, you
2: know? mm-hmm.
1: but the American side maybe didn't quite know. How Felt like they didn't want bigger. to start
0: some kind of argument with them or.
1: No, it was actually more to do with just the lack of like understanding how popular I was among the AMD crowd at that point. I mean, I was really, really popular at that point, especially among the AMD crowd. But I mean, how many people high up at AMD do you think were watching a TV? <laughs> Not that many. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so it's, it's kind of been a misunderstanding and, uh, so you just also, straight up don't like how they handled it. Then
0: that's what started yeah. to bother you. Like what's the like almost like a what's the point of pointing out some of these things if AMD themselves if don't seem enough. to get it?
1: Yeah, that is exactly what it is. And you know what happened? Like a mm-hmm. couple of weeks later, uh, AMD launched that product which Shout Re- uh, Research had like early access to. I think it was uh, some APU. But what the Shout Research then went and underclocked the memory in the review of that.
0: Right, I remember that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was like, they were take, just completely taking the piss, yeah? Mm-hmm. That is essentially all they're doing. And they're laughing at this person who, you know, sent me this statement. Mm-hmm. And it just made me realize, what on earth is that guy doing here? Now, I've spoken to a lot of people about this person afterwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I I ask the same question. I say, how would you rate this person, like as on competence? And the highest that I have ever heard is four out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm talking. I mean, I'm talking guys like tech press guys, guys in the industry. Yeah, and they rate this person at four out of ten, highest. Yeah, so uh, they're still there. <laughs> I mean, and. Uh, it just kind of makes you wonder, you know what is, it, what is the whole point of it? Yeah, if, like the, the high level management is still so gullible and just not really you know, paying enough attention so that was that was the beginning of the end, I would have said so. Yeah, so
0: so my honestly, the way I interpret it then though is that you feel like you kind of went out of a, went out on a limb to prove something, and that AMD was even if it was in their best interest, never going to be there to kind of back up something. Is that is that what you're saying? Is it any, it doesn't have anything to do with feeling that way though? Like, where you have this relationship with them, you point out something that, at least in your mind, and I agree, clearly shows something that's damaging to them. And then they're just never going to be there to kind of do the bare minimum to back you up. Is that what it is? that what you're it's, saying?
1: It's such a complicated topic. Yeah. Because you've got to look at the whole, the big picture. Yeah. Like I, I said, like the difference between the American mm-hmm. guys and the European guys. I mean, the European guys are all behind me. Yeah. All behind me. But, the American side of things just don't know me, or they didn't know me, yeah? Before that point, and trying to get through the red tape so that, you know, they could see this. The thing is, the European guys have got no power to make decisions. They actually talked about, like, how what do we do about this now that Ador has outed PC perspective? Mm. What do we do about it? And they came to the conclusion that they couldn't do anything. They just had to let it go, yeah? But then the American side comes in and, you know, makes me think that, I mean, it's only one person, yeah? Within It didn't, I wouldn't say that this was like what irreparably like killed my relationship with AMD, but it was the start of it. Uh, and there was more since that point. It just kind of went downhill more and more and more. Um, I don't think they knew how to handle me. They didn't, they didn't know how to handle me. That was that simple. Yeah. So,
0: so to be entirely honest, from my perspective, I almost find it odd to say how to handle you, though, because I think you said, I'm sure you have. Re- I, I actually don't. Like, I, I, I do have some contacts and, of course, sources in AMD. I've, I will say, there is someone pretty high up that I have spoken to a couple times, but I don't know. I don't get marketing materials ahead of time. I don't get anything. Them, Jim, and I've never yeah. gotten that from any of these companies. Frankly, I think they hate me and they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> um, but you know, it is. I I have to be honest that I don't think I would ever want to feel like I'm part of help, like you know, working with any company because I, I don't know. I just I just always see myself as someone that looks at the the things going on with any release, any one of these companies, and I just want to feel entirely free to punch at them if I feel like I need to, and so. I guess I'm being honest, from my perspective, that's what robbed me the wrong way about the whole AM done videos and videos related to them, is it almost felt like, and again, I'm just saying this, this is my perspective, yeah. I want you to speak on it, like that it's almost like they owed you something or you were working with them, whereas I would, ne- I personally would never want to feel like that, ever. I never feel, and maybe it's because they never talked to me, you know, but so yeah. I've never been given the opportunity, but I, I don't know. I, I, I never feel like I would expect anything out of them on anything,
1: you know? So, well, I mean, yeah, agreed. I, I don't want anything from them. Never did. What I felt was they were actively working against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like, I mean, and it wasn't because, you know, they weren't out to get me. It was just incompetence, mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were being a, a thorn in my side. While I'm trying to like out all these like injustices. Yeah. So I'm I, I, I not to be dramatic,
0: that, but you would argue yeah. that there are definitely just some real manipulation going on in this space. And whether it's, you know, we're not talking about world hunger here,
1: but we do care. Yeah. Of course. I mean, this, this does matter. You know, at some point it does actually matter. Yeah. And exposing this kind of thing, you no. Know, it should have been something that AMD could have looked at and said, maybe we need to have a change of policy there or do something. And, you know, instead, <laughs> I get sent a statement uh, basically saying, yeah, we support PC Perspective and, you know, that was it. But, I mean, that was just the start of it. Yeah, there go on. so many, many, many more. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff It just... Well, how much of that Zen stuff two, can you talk about, right? The Zen 2 thing, right? Obviously, that was the big, the big one, the Zen 2 leak leak. hmm I have never done this with any other leaker ever. But as soon as I got this leak, I went to AMD and I said, there's something just a little bit weird about this.
2: Um, hmm.
1: And uh, maybe, you know, point me in the right direction type of thing if I'm way off in this because it re- instantly started to affect me, right? Uh, af- after I launched that video, I started to question it. I don't know why, but I just did. And, and, and
0: you're AMD. specifically the, the first one that talked about chiplets and yeah. the
2: lineup, all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I went to AMD and I said to them, you know, I'm starting to get really concerned about this. Uh, maybe I should have went before it rather than after the <laughs> video, <laughs> yeah, but I actually went to them and said, "You know, that's what I said, and I waited a few days for like a response. There's nothing really came through. It's just like, yeah, we'll put it through our like security team, et etc. We appreciate it. I didn't name any names, obviously. I didn't give anything to like give away who my source was. You would never do that, yeah. Yes, but, I,
0: I was like, I'm I, hoping you didn't say that, but I'm assuming yeah, you did. Yeah, obviously,
1: no, no way would you. Ever, I'd feel ever so do
0: terrible that. if I like rushed something out or did something that got someone fired.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, this is actually what I had most of my concerns about. Uh, I actually got back to uh, like my PR guy later and said, just forget all about it. Yeah, it turns out it's just a bunch of nonsense. But I was more concerned, like my leaker was about to get fired Mm -hmm. because I'd given too much away. But I was so, so careful to not give away like details. Yeah. I just, and like we were back and forth all this time, um, emails. He was talking to me and he's giving me more and more and more and more information. Uh, Huge amounts of information you would not believe. Really specific stuff. I mean, this guy, I don't know, obviously something kind of like the knowledge that he had and the way he was able to like present that,
2: mm-hmm. there's
1: something maybe just not quite right with him um, regarding that. But I mean, he had me convinced to a certain degree because of certain things that he had said, certain things that people within AMD had told me, like uh, you know we're never going to give like early access uh, GPUs out to the Taiwanese like, in board guys because. They'll just leak it. You know, they'll leak the performance of like, the graphics cards and stuff like that. Which and, they and do. Just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this guy had a lot of information like this. Uh,
0: that's why you don't, by the way. There's been some leakers that have doubled down on information that comes from AIBs. It's like, I don't recommend that. Because <laughs> yeah. they, look, these companies are smart, especially by now. AMD and NVIDIA know the AIBs leak everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's basically what happened with that. Um, I did go to AMD though. I mean, like I said, I didn't give out out any kind of information. I was just a little bit concerned that maybe I'd said a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. So I tried to like bury it. And then I met up with a bunch of guys in Germany Mm -hmm. uh, from AMD like a few months later. And this is like going to be, I mean, I was told that they believed my leaker was somebody from inside of Intel. Hmm who used to work at AMD. Yeah. And that's what I was told months later. Yeah. After I had like doubled down and all this stuff and, you know, I just, it's kind of hard to take that. I had to wait months to be told that. Yeah. Rather than them just saying to me, we think that you've got a bad leak coming from within Intel. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it wasn't, it wasn't actually a a leaker from within Intel. You know, that's how easy you can be taken in by this kind of stuff, because he was really, really good, really good information he had.
0: But I was going to say, um, your Zen 2 leaks, legendary. From my perspective, you got pretty much everything right for the most part. Great. It yeah. wasn't at 5 gigahertz. It was at what? 4.7? Close
2: 4.7? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So so you're saying though that sixteen cores and chiplets again. I mean, I mean this this guy had this information that it was chiplets, there was an IO die or something, or I mean I can't remember exactly, but so you know, I mean
0: you're saying though that you do believe it came from someone that wasn't within AMD or Intel, but he still got almost everything right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't know that, by the way. And so yep. you believe then AMD... And but here's the thing, AMD thought it was somebody from inside Intel giving me the information. Mm-hmm. That's how good that information was. Yeah. Somebody who used to work at AMD, now working at Intel, feeding me this information. This is what they said. I've had this to deal with told.
0: something like this before as well. Yeah. With a different launch. Like it... Yeah, where and and it was like one of those things where there was a few sources, and one of them was actually getting, and there were some people I know, I know are legit. (laughs) Like, I know their name, I know they're legit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, and then there's another person who has all these other details, and 90% of it's lining up with people I know are legit, but then eventually comes to, oh, I'm not so sure anymore, you know? Yeah. So actually, I didn't know that. I didn't. I. I didn't know that that came from someone that you now truly believe wasn't a good source.
1: But I assume that wasn't the only person you were talking to, right? No, uh, you and I have a shared source who gave me some information, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish I could say right.
0: details to confirm, but we won't go into it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it wasn't quite right. Um, they may have told you about it. It wasn't quite correct, um, but yeah. I mean, this is a great source. We both know who, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we both know who we're talking about, but the five gigahertz number was just not quite right. And this can happen through something like a bias update or, or not bias update, but maybe a, a, a wrong reading in a bias or something. Yeah. So imagine an, an engineer in some Taiwanese company, mm-hmm. like ad-in board guy, sees this five gigahertz number and then says to, you know, our source, Zen 2 hits five gigahertz. Yeah, and then that is reported to me, and I, of course, I instantly think, "Oh, yes, this is great. This is the news I've been waiting for." Yeah, Mm -hmm. but in the end, it was actually only maybe a faulty BIOS or a faulty reading or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but I had two sources on this whole five gigahertz thing. It's a minefield. I mean, you know yourself. Yeah, it's a minefield. Well,
0: that's why I just don't even really bother with many new sources unless I can beat them. Yeah, like in person, and they're right yeah. for like six months straight. For everyone wondering, thing, you know, we'll, they're like, you know, Tom was wrong about this one thing two years ago. It's like, yeah, I'm not using those people anymore. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know? yeah. I mean, it's not like I'm using this guy who you know gave me the Zen to information. You know, he's just he completely burned. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not never going to use that source again. Um, that's just like the smart thing to do. Uh, C- can I ask you a question?
0: Um, what? Why are you? willing to talk about this honestly because from a real politic pragmatic point of view someone could argue it would have just been in your best interest to say well whatever I got it all right the frequency was off and move on you know was it the whole finding out the whole behind the scenes of like how the efforts that someone went in to do this and then and then AMD did you believe AMD legitimately did think it was someone in Intel
1: yeah yeah oh yeah no doubt about it okay okay I mean, I was actually told face to face, this, yeah. we think it is what? We think it is this person. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was told by AMD people that that's what they believed. Um, yeah. So I AMD mean, was fooled as well. <laughs> basically, yeah. Basically. And I know that it wasn't this person uh, for a couple of reasons I can't really go into. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I'm willing to talk about it is simply, you know, I am done with this industry. It's so like mm-hmm. I said, the one one of these days I will write a book about all of this. And I mean, what I've told you there is like 1% of the kind of sure. dirt that I could like throw out in this industry. You would not believe uh, in the PC perspective stuff, how that even came about, like <laughs> how I was told about, how I was tipped off about Shroud Research and all this. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a book that I could probably write one day and it would be pretty popular. Um, windy in the far future, I think.
0: All right, so I think we've honestly covered pretty much so everything much. there is yep. to cover here. I let me. I think let's just throw a few reader mails in here at the end just to kind of like round it out after a more yeah, sure. I feel se- serious discussion. Sure. Uh, let me see. QH Freddy writes in and asks, What's a field or industry that makes you excited now in terms of innovation and progress? What has cut your eye? And I believe there's another reader mail somewhere here that also asked, like, if you could just throw a bunch of money into any field, what would you throw it into to have that technology develop further?
1: You know, when I first started getting really big on YouTube talking about Polaris and Pascal, I actually had like hedge funds came talking to me or came wanting to like to to talk to me like, on a consultancy basis, yeah? Mm-hmm. And they were paying really, really well yeah, through like certain companies like GuidePoint and uh, GLG. Um, and one of the questions that they would always ask was, what's going to be the next big thing? <laughs> right? Yeah. What's going to be the next big thing, right? Um, I think that cybernetics will be the next big thing. Like yours, you know? 2077 thing. Your
0: deus sex, mankind divided stuff.
1: Basically. I think that this is going to be the next huge thing in like human evolution. Um, another thing is, I mean, I am mostly vegan these days. I'm practically 99.9% vegan. Sometimes I'll still eat stuff with eggs in it. Now they're going to call you a soy boy on Reddit. Watch <laughs> <laughs> out. Exactly, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time. One of the comments in my last video was, it all started going wrong for a as soon as he became a vegan, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. The comment finished with, "You should eat more meat, and you'll get back to normal." And I said, "Well, you know, I've been a vegetarian for thirty years. It was the reason I was the greatest YouTube of all time, the greatest tuber of all time, because I was eating like cheese and milk?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that the cheese was. A t- all cheese diet was probably good for you.
1: <laughs> that, that's what it was. I mean, it was a cheese in the milk that was making me, you know, make such good tech But it, it had yep. to be. It yeah. had to have been. But as I'm mostly vegan, I'm interested in the next generation of meat alternatives. You know, you've probably heard of Beyond Meat yeah. and Beyond Burger, yeah? Uh, I think that this is where humanity will go. Uh, your average vegan will think that this is because it's. It's good for like the planet and stuff like that, but it won't. It's because it will be cheaper.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's always what it is. The reason exactly. Tesla is successful isn't because they, you're saving the planet. Although people like to tell themselves that's why they bought the Tesla. You buy a Tesla because for the price you pay, it's a great car. If you yeah. want like a fast car or a car that can drive itself, it has to stand on its own two feet and it has to make someone money or it's never gonna last, you guys. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, the meat industry is like thousands of years old, obviously. But yeah, you get to the point where it will just be cheaper and easier to manufacture. I mean, we could be talking like. Um, I mean, I've seen meat.
0: them trying to make like trees that grow chickens. Effectively, <laughs> it's yeah. not literally a tree, but it's kind of a meat tree that produces yeah. chickens that are brain dead that you pick off of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's, it's if it's based synthetically on like. like animal DNA or whatever mm-hmm. you are, this is this is meat yeah it just maybe wasn't ever alive yeah I'm not sure if I would eat to that type as a vegan but there are certain meat alternatives nowadays that, yeah for sure they're getting pretty close to meat at least as as long as I remember it from like 30 years ago are you worried about like like
0: with regards to cybernetics it leading down a dark place though
1: for mankind uh no. No, I don't think so. I think it'll start first of all with like bionic eyes that help us see better oh. in the dark. Uh I think, or people
0: I mean, who went blind. I mean, my God. I, yeah. Can you imagine yeah, exactly. going blind? It'd be really nice if we could replace eyes.
1: Exactly. Uh this is that's yeah, where I think it's going. I don't think it'll go down a dark place any more than anything else has. Uh,
0: like mind control, or your brain getting a virus and dying, or you could argue brains get viruses already. From <laughs> I'm
1: more I'm more concerned about AI. Okay. Yeah, uh, than I would be about like stuff like cybernetics. Um, I'm not I'm not super concerned about AI, like in the way that Elon Musk is worried that AI could be a real problem, but uh, it could end up being a real problem, and obviously that is. The last thing that we have to say is where you know the world is going forward into an AI world. That's where we're heading. Yeah, yeah. Cybernetics is—it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Someone's going to make it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, cybernetics is maybe just a small step on the way there. But yeah, that's where we're heading. I mean, we're lucky in a lot of ways because as technologists like we are, you're mm-hmm. able to see this coming where, I mean, the average person, no idea, they're just living out their lives completely oblivious, yeah? Mm-hmm. And just accepting what comes next. Uh, we, can, we can, like, see what's coming next. I guess it's a bit like Star Trek, Gene Roddenberry, you know? They call them visionaries, but the reality is, the reason we can see this is because we're living it now. We can see how technology is moving forward Mm -hmm. and uh, how hopefully it will be for the good of humanity and not for the not for the bad yeah i mean
0: i think you know i tried out a tesla just for free because they were like hey we're in your town you want to try it i'm like yeah sure and it was very impressive although it did stop at a green light mind yeah Stop yeah, that green light! Like, I'm like, don't
1: make me worry that it might not
0: stop at a red. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so maybe not quite ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And I think it was like an older model that didn't have the newest stuff. So let me be fair to Tesla there, but to, yeah. I don't know. I think the thing about AI though is, I I, I think that there may be an over assumption about how smart it can get so quickly. Like when when I look around it, if you were to ask me five years ago, I would be like, yeah, we're gonna have. All driving cars in 2021 or whatever, and we'll you know we'll have AI will be massively better. But from where I'm sitting, like AI can't even tell the difference between <laughs> my God, red and green. Yeah, I mean it's 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 ridiculous, like how behind. I, I I do wonder how much of it can get so smart quickly. It's made by humans, right? So it's going yeah. to be flawed and you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. So I, I kind of doubt how fast it will happen. And then there's another part of me where I'm worried about it being, uh, destructive to us, but I, I, I suspect we don't know how it will be destructive to us yet. I'm starting to wonder if we're getting, we're frankly being too narcissistic, assuming we'll be smart enough to design one that can think like a human. Like maybe we aren't going to make it think as well as a human for like a hundred years. Like maybe that's far out. And like, what it'll actually be used for is all these other things for controlling us.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is obviously that worry because <laughs> I mean, we know what kind of company NVIDIA is for a start. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and they are really, really, you know, at the forefront of AI. Uh, it's a massive concern to me because, you know, I do not want to see NVIDIA and, you know, having this kind of level of control. Stuff like deep fakes. I mean, you look at you look at what has happened in America this well, last year. Can you imagine adding deep fakes on top oh, of that? That's like, something I'm very worried about, the deep fake yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, you should be worried about that. And I'm worried about it as well, because people already can't tell the difference between what's as
0: you right showed in wrong. your latest Freethinker video, Yeah. Basically. And I told you this, it, it it was scary how much you how convincingly you proved that people can go down a rabbit hole and I understand yeah. why they do now by your video because it was pretty convincing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I used to be a conspiracy theorist. This is what... I mean, people maybe not realize this, yeah? Uh, they've only known me for the past five years on on mm-hmm. YouTube, yeah? I used to be like heavily religious. I really, really, truly believed in God mm-hmm. and I believed every single conspiracy theory that was going around. I believed mm-hmm. it all. I mean... I think it's not an intelligence thing, then. It can't be intelligence. It's not know. an
0: intelligence thing, people. Yeah. Well, I think there's a certain degree of that to conspiracy yeah. theories. I think religion clearly isn't an intelligence thing, and religion can just mean anything to so many different types yeah. of people. But the conspiracy thing, I, I personally think there's some level of intelligence component to it. It has to be a correlation, but it's not all just dumb people believe no. conspiracies. No. It, statistics suggest that almost everyone believes some conspiracy.
1: Yeah yeah I mean I guess that is one way to look at it we all believe in like some kind of conspiracy yeah mm-hmm. uh, mine's the real one Jim not yours <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm the only person with the real conspiracy yeah and the thing is like every single conspiracy theorist feels the same way they feel like they are in like they've got information that other people don't have or they've got the real information and people that don't understand it are just stupid Yeah. You know? that's how this works
0: it always it? turns into that the polarization the other tie- side doesn't get it because they're stupid
1: yeah basically yeah I mean all the things that I used to think of, like aliens built the pyramids and stuff I mean I would, <laughs> I, would inter- I honestly would have entertained that 20 years ago
0: yeah yeah at
1: the same someone's gonna tell are. us
0: in the comments that you're wrong they were built by
1: <laughs> aliens by the aliens way. obviously built the pyramids yeah of course yeah uh,
0: you know you know that one specifically, you know, as someone who went to school as an engineer and studied history, the whole aliens building pyramids thing infuriated me because it's like my god, like the, the things people like like for like some of the like ancient you know, structures we find. And yeah. you'll see in, com- and you know, you'll go to a pub and say, you know, they don't even really know how they built that. And I'll be like, yes, they do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> no, they, do. They? they do. They yeah. do know. It's like, well, yeah, but to build that one thing, they would have had to use logs and like push, you know, whatever, 50 tons stones. That would have taken years to move each stone. And I go, yeah, it would. And that's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> like if humans you know, are really long. hard workers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, the 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 precision they have Making these pyramids, like we don't even have that now. We do if we wanted to. 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 Yeah, (laughs) like you just have to put more than five minutes of thought into it. They had thousands of (laughs) years to develop the bricks and the standards for tolerances. We just don't care enough to put thought into it. We we could absolutely
1: do it. Yeah, we're not building pyramids anymore. Basically, it's, or we could easily do like extremely impressive pyramids if we It might take
0: to. a couple of years, right, to develop the technology for some of the specific things they did, but we would do it. It's yeah, just we've course. forgotten how. Yeah,
1: I mean, and this yeah, that's is, in just, just
0: infuriating to me as an engineer. Like, well, they couldn't have. Yes, they could have. Humans are smarter than you think. All conspiracy is
1: based around this same kind of thing. Yeah, it's yes. like it's like the belief that. That couldn't have possibly happened back then, or like all the, all that old stuff. It is like there's no way the Egyptians could have built those pyramids. It's too advanced, but it, it's not. It's just it's like you said. It takes a massive amount of manpower and time, and they got it done. Yeah.
0: And what what scares me is how how much I feel like I have to walk on eggshells about some subjects that I thought were pretty cut and dry.
1: I used to do that on a door TV as well, but mm. I, am no, I am no longer willing to do that anymore, which is mm-hmm. why, you know, a lot of free thinker will be, a lot of the reason why I started Freethinker was because of that, and a lot of free thinker will revolve around that, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is a good way to end the podcast then. Yeah. I mean, um, I thought your last video was very good. I highly recommend people go to Freethinker on YouTube. It's not slash Freethinker yet, though. Um, so you'll just have to search for Freethinker, although there's going to be a link in the description. It's forward it's slash
1: obvious. C, forward slash Freethinker. Uh, there's so many channels now with the same names on YouTube that you've got to have like A, B, C letters in between. So it's C, forward slash Freethinker. Free well, yeah, I'll have a link in the description. So Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, uh, I think... I hope everyone who listened to this enjoyed the conversation. I personally think there's a good chance we covered as much as we absolutely could for anyone who would be looking for this type of discussion from me and you. I I am yeah. and thanks for coming on. I really, really did enjoy this discussion. And yeah. I'm glad we got to really go into any question I had for you, at the very least, yeah. let alone mm-hmm. the ones in from the fans. So um I guess. You know, subscribe to Freethinker. Link will be in the description. And uh, of course, you're free to come on Broken
1: Silicon again anytime you want to. I mean, there's there's a fair chance that in the future at some point, we maybe have another discussion, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I enjoyed this very, very much as well, Tom. It's good to get some of the stuff out there. Uh, Now that I'm actually, you know, now that I feel free of Adore TV, it's good Mm -hmm. to get some of that stuff out there. And uh, yeah, let's see how if it happens again in the future. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening,
0: everybody. Catch you later, guys. The following podcast was brought to you by the YouTube channel and website, Moore's Law is Dead. Moore's Law is Dead and Broken Silicon are trademarks of their creator, Tom. That guy is me, and I am indeed the creator, editor, writer, and showrunner of Moore's Law is Dead podcast, videos, articles, and other media. However, Moore's Law is Dead is a team with Broken Silicon co-hosted by my brother, Dan, audio editing by Gerard Cortez and select Technical Editing by Carbon Cry. You can find all of our information, including how to get a hold of us, at www.moreslawsdead.com. And if you are a fan and would like to send mail or other hardware, please mail parcels to Moores Laws Dead, P.O. Box 10468, Peoria, Illinois, 61612. And speaking of fans, without exaggeration, the patrons are responsible for the continued distribution of the content you just listened to. And so if you have some extra money, but only if you do, please consider supporting us. For just $2 a month, you get access to the exclusive podcast, Die Shrink, voting on subjects of future podcast episodes, the ability to have your questions read aloud on Broken Silicon, Die Shrink, and Loose Ends, and of course, the Moore's Law is Dead Discord full of like-minded people who would love to meet you. I am one of them. And at higher tiers, you get access to ad-free episodes of Broken Silicon, the back catalog of Flyover States podcast thanks in the credits of videos and podcasts and other perks as well. And if you cannot afford to support us, please just share Laws Dead videos and podcasts with friends and family on social media and Reddit. And give Broken Silicon and Flyover States a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. All of this really does help so much more than I think anyone realizes. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast or a person of interest who would like to be a guest, please reach out to the email address mlhbdead at gmail.com. But as I said, this podcast would not be possible without its fans supporting it. And so now it is time to give a personal thanks to the greatest of the fans. The following supporters are at the 10 gigahertz or higher producer levels. Brad Medlin, Telos, GUK, Benny Berlin, Justin Yant, Thomas Rupp, I Love You, Lin Jim, Ivan K, Tom Bailey, Muhammad Akwari, Frederick Lau, James Crass, Justin Pearce, Zachary Martin, Terrence Harrod, Drita Ful, Phil S, Courtney Elliott, the Ninth Dude, Greg Renegar, Josh Law, JBG, Travis Gooding, the Mechanical Philosopher, Lebo Kinkilo. Batboy boy, Dizuru, Daniel Hyde, Burke Garcia, Tara Reed, Jack O'Neill, Matt Salem, Aaron Close, Juan Garcina, Sean Ballmer, My Name Is Nobody, Joel Corey, Alethros, Telos, Hey There's a Kitty, Greg T. Ivan 214, John Jameson, Benjamin Cannon, Matthew Lane, Divider Symbol, Jan Rauner, Rubber Ducks, Michael Maggie, Allie Robertson, Eric Jackson, Jonathan, Evan Dingle, Dominique Cock Patrick Gross, Stefan Original Ross Hardforeroom.com, Sam McArthur Total Silo Sol Connor, Michael Costa Andrew S Blake Aaron Keith Gary Baldino Endless Loggins Tom Sanfilippo Justice Brennan Viking R Trevor Powers Stu Alenia Nanyan Daniel Nishbal Franco Frederic Hardware Numbers Alex Caristeel Dark Rain 2049 Layton Perry Joseph Karaman carlos valdez Darnell Rivera, luca zabor birds licky martin Porschegi, david cowden ricky tan spencer king patrick j s justin staples Freddie canos jr christopher foster kiwi phil to who sarah light anthony Gareffa, matthew griffin alex joseph loria loris correa deke cheesy ramen raul evidently tim robbins jake dude 23 brian riggleman chris williams ryan deniskew dave mccoy valco malev gabe langner david marcos gomez Martin Svensson, Andrew, Thomas Summers, Maurice Courtois, Matthew J. Link, Scott Repschneider, Schneider, Mai Sharona, Aaron, Roman, Jacob Stankiewicz, K. Ratz, Wachir Khan, Ashildar Epstein, Stefan Hart, Christopher A. Butler, Greg, Peter Moore, Chris Licata, Justin Thomas, Sam Miller, Sammy Malas, Kevin Chenz, Shakir, Nick Raikin, Holden Mobley, Matthew Lazier, Arpit Sharma, Meat and Pork, Jimmy NG, Mads, Beachhorn, Benjamin, Oshley, Zizitz, Zine Sean Park, Dame P, John Wizink, Sam Venzel, Mark Mitchell, Brucha, Michael Deaton, and Denovan Russell. And of course, thank you to Sahara for the music.